Hello and welcome to episode 209 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I just finished a game of Hearthstone. Congratulations! Would you like to say what your name is for those who don't know who finished the game of Hearthstone? Angel, I am proceeding to exit out the program so Jason knows that I exited out the program. I see your iPad, so... I can confirm. That he... And, and you are? <laughs> I, I'm confirming that somebody just finished the game of Hearthstone. Okay. okay, yeah. So what, for what, the, a, what a train wreck. For those, <laughs> anyway. for those who missed our last episode, just the Kevin thing. For those who missed our last episode, yes, our third chair is back. It's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Welcome. Um, and we're calling this episode, Let's Get Weird. You keep saying we. First of all, I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know the title of this one. <laughs> 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 you, so, so to be... You're right. I never actually talked about it with you guys. Normally, I run it by you guys, and it's kind of like a friendly, like, what do you think of this? When the undertone is like, it's going to be this. On top of and that. And this time, I didn't even do that. On top of that. I'm sorry. On top of that, Kevin being here is a norm, so it shouldn't be, oh, he's back this time. It should be more... You should acknowledge more when he's not here. But but it's his, only, it's his second episode being back, so we need for the people that missed the last one to understand what's happening. But going forward, correct. Oh, it okay. will be the norm. I guess I would be extremely confused if I you would still like to be referred to as the third chair. <laughs> there we go. From the, the horse's mouth. Yeah. So, um, this episode I am calling, with hopefully your uh, approval after the fact, let's get weird, because the three of us are going to be talking about weird stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on recently, but there's been all these weird game announcements like Fight Crab or like PC building simulator don't hate or, on the pc no 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 it's great it's just it's just a weird concept and and we're gonna use the opportunity to talk about some of our favorite uh weird games of the past because i feel like nintendo systems in particular have a lot of those nintendo is very weird as a company um and even stuff that's less weird we're gonna cover so there's pokemon sword and shield news although even that was kind of weird i mean have you seen that wheezing like that that was kind of weird uh and then we also have july sales numbers breakdown uh impressions of what we're playing which includes some switch oddities in the form of a dual hand disaster and Ding Dong XL, yes, that's its real name, uh, and more. So yeah, we have timestamps around com, or if you're on YouTube, it's under the video. Um, before we dive in, though, I think it's worth knowing that the weirdness party that we're about to embark on can, really can't come at a better time because, um, at least to me, I don't know how you guys feel, but the thing that's so special about gaming in my mind, and I feel only a few mediums do this, maybe animation as well is probably the other one, but maybe. it's so... You don't know what I'm gonna say, but I yeah. I said maybe. Yeah, it's 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 just oh. amazing how broad it is compared to other mediums. Like you can have a game like Pool Panic next to a game like Wolfenstein, next to a game like Grand Theft Auto, next to a game like Mario, next to a game like Zelda, and you don't necessarily need to have structure for any of these things. They don't have to make any sense side by side, but they all can coexist in this thing called video games, and no one really questions it. Like movies, they have somewhat of a structure usually. They all most things that are more mainstream in the other mediums, animation excluded. It's also kind of wonky and weird. Animation is unfortunately very weird because, like, unlike yeah. video games, it's like you have movies, but like, well, animated films are also movies. Mm-hmm. But then you have like all oh, your best drama, best comedy, but animated films could also be comedy and drama and yeah. stuff. But they still get lumped together into animation, animation. anyway. But yeah, so, the whole, I guess the whole thing I'm thinking is like to, kind of to that point is like everything's so structured. Like, oh, an anime movie is anime, so that's what it has to be. Or a movie has to be a comedy or a drama or a romance. But games are just like, sure, you can just be a octopus father who flails about and make a successful game about that. Like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, games seem mm. to have a little more I mean, but, all, but weird also just isn't a genre, though. If, like, if we're talking about octopus. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Are we are right that, that's still or what, what would you say a genre, game, I guess? Is it? Yeah. No, but... the, the, the one on the plot. I remember liking that one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's a comedy. It's like a yeah. screwball comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like Goat Simulator. I don't even know that. Actually. Yeah, like, I, I don't mean, I should specify. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not specifying that. Where um, it is its own genre at this point. Yeah, and, and not even like it necessarily has to be a genre or not, but just like. 
gaming because there's so many different avenues you can go down to say what a game is it's a lot looser in terms of like genres and whatnot so the reason i bring this up is because it feels like right now just keeps making brand new genres yeah he's just like you know what i'm just gonna make a thing that has a baby inside and you're like oh okay Uh, wait that sounded not like what that game uh is uh it's called a strand game that's the genre he came up with that's the genre he came up with strand well it's (laughs) like strand game (laughs) But wow, that's just that's... Kojima in general, so... Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Well, it's, it's like... It's like you remember when Field of Magic came out on the DS? That weird game. It launched with the DS. It was Field of Magic XYXX. And it was like mini games to fall in love. Like, mini games about falling in love and like kind of alluded to sexual oh, things, but was it? Yeah. Like, yeah, the silhouette Sega made up... Silhouette people, right? Sega what? Silhouette people? Yes. Oh, I actually own it. It's actually pretty fun. But Sega made up a genre for that, as did Ping Pals, which was a game about chat rooms on a system that offered a chat room in the form of PictoChat. So like games are weird, but the 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 reason I'm saying this now is because right now in particular it feels like especially important to highlight like the good of gaming, the unique of gaming, the weird of gaming, the wacky of gaming, because there's you know and not, and not just the games themselves, but also like what all that freedom allows for. You know, like yeah, I guarantee that anybody that says they don't like video games just haven't played the right type of game because there's yeah. like as you said, like there's like. Billions of types of games. There's grandmas that play Candy Crush and love it. Yeah, there's yeah. some games that are yeah, just I'm, reading. I'm like the, the crap at Candy Crush. No, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, you could have games that are just reading. There's a game I forgot what it was called, but you're just working in customs, right? Or it's like a oh, bureaucracy. papers please. Yes, papers please. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, so like, there's really good games for everybody, but you know, some people just be like, eh, it's video games, they're stupid. And and not only that, but like, like the, what gaming does is like, like think about all the people we know because of video games, all the connections we made, all the communities were part like the community we're part of and all that but all that yes podcast wouldn't exist exactly i wouldn't be friends with the two of you if it wasn't actually for you again because that's how i met you angel and then i met kevin through you and your brother so like yeah, yeah literally this group right here would not exist without video games and, whoops yeah <laughs> yeah blame video games but um yeah i guess all of it the reason i'm saying this like out loud is because this last couple of weeks like there's been this stupid narrative that sprung up uh about violent video games and narrative is probably the wrong word let's call it what it is it's scapegoating but at least in my opinion and i I don't mean again like a high horse or anything but you know when when your claims at recent events like what happened in el paso and dayton and and that's dayton not tulsa it's dayton but when when those happened um you know you got freaking reggie coming out and saying stuff and like that the fact that he's coming out the fact that he has to say this is just like i thought we were past this and the, the, the fact that we now are talking about this on a Nintendo Pog, like on our little rinky dink show, we never touch this stuff. But if you have Reggie having to tweet, like, no, like, be reasonable, people, like, think about the, yeah. the, the data, it's just insane. It's an easy out. Yeah. But I was going to say that um, I didn't really know a lot about, I guess, like, the history of the whole, like, video game violence, like, from back in the yeah. day, like, the whole, like, oh, yes, I'd be coming out because of Mortal Kombat. And mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. had posted a video, or someone on, like, retweeted that video. So I actually ended up watching, like, all 40 something minutes of that whole thing and it was pretty entertaining and like just like for the time then like how scared they clearly were of Mortal Kombat and Night Trap specifically oh yeah and I thought it was really interesting that the representative of Nintendo he says mark my words a game like Night Trap and Night Trap will never be on a Nintendo system ever fast forward to 2018 and there it is on the Switch. <laughs> no. Oh, it actually came out. Yeah, it's on the Switch. Yeah, Nintendo lifted all those restrictions. Yeah, they don't so... throw any of the stuff they did in the nineties. Yeah, they oh, they them. made that guy look like a fool. Yeah, Howard Lincoln. So I think it was Howard Lincoln. Um, is he still with Nintendo? No, nah, he hasn't been there since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why he left. And they're like, guys, he's gone. Bringing the slumber the slumber party weird game. <laughs> but um, yeah, the treatment of women in that game. Man. It's not what, great. Yeah, what else is it? Yeah, they, they were seeing a lot of 
a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff was like also kind of valid, but also well, here's also clear like that. It, I mean, it's not just games. Like yeah, and, yeah. and the thing is, like we're past this. They, they, like, they literally they... sounded like it was exclusive to games. Every time, like anyone said anything. Yeah, and like remember, like Jack Thompson and the whole like his crusade to get violent games banned, and then the Supreme Court's like, no, there's literally no data. That connects what you're saying and to I reality. I think he also got disbarred. He did. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it was the best part. But no, I, like, no, sorry, Jack, but that's what you got. That's no, a really but, angry um, looking dude. He was the guy that would always like when the hot coffee mod came out in Grand Theft Auto and he's like, this is scandalous. You can have sex in the game. Well, that, and we should take it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court's like, nah, we're good. Uh, or they basically said it's a First Amendment right. You can't stop it. Hmm. And it's just like so insane that we're now in 2019 and we've been through all of this. Like the, the Jack Thompson was like 2010, 2011. So long ago now. And we're still having this conversation, and what's annoying is, like, it seems to have gotten more validity instead of less, even though it is – like, we know it's not accurate. I mean, I get there's a super a, – a, a certain group of people who are trying to scapegoat to avoid the real issue. Like, I get they're trying to distract. I get the fact that we're now talking about video games instead of talking about what we may consider being the real issue is exactly playing into their hand. But I, I don't know. When you've got people coming after something you're passionate about or something you can identify with so closely or been around for so long or you're part of the community of or you made friends through, it just sucks to see, like, the lies spread to the point that, like, other people and companies are buying into the lies. I mean, Walmart, within a week of the skate going, pulled down all violent game signage, removed all game demos. Walmart, biggest physical retailer in the U.S., like the same Walmart that at least outside of California is still selling the guns that they're saying aren't the issue right next to the games that they just pulled the signs for. It's just bizarre. I thought it was I thought it was funny that the game that got scapegoated the most was Fortnite. Uh, really? Yeah. Huh. That that was the that was the that was the chief one that I saw people. And, and that's people cr- so which is like the most cartoony. I, yeah. Like, I guess shooter, I, I, guess, I can only like, see that only because like every kid on earth plays it but that's literally the only reason I would imagine anyone was scapegoated because like oh kids are playing it and you know it's funny and every place on earth except ours doesn't have these problems oh, I know, it's right? almost yeah. like maybe that's the guns no I know it's ridiculous <laughs> and but, it's funny they pick on Fortnite of all games yeah it's just like and then and ESPN the kids literally care more about accessorizing yeah, the game yeah well so itself. ESPN canceling the, the tournament the Apex tournament I, I almost understand that because after a mass shooting it's happened before shows will be delayed they'll like they'll have an episode coming yeah, up yeah, and then true. they push it back because it is true. weird if you turn on the TV and there's just people getting gunned down on TV right after something like that but I don't understand the whole like we're gonna take down a sign that has a picture of a gun like literally it's like oh here's the guns and then here's the thing that's sort of glorifying the guns so what if we leave the guns but we take away the thing that's glorifying it but the people that want the guns still will get the guns yeah. and want the I mean, guns. Well, not all Walmarts also sell. Yeah, sell outside California. Here yeah. they don't. Right yeah. to bear arms. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole where's that end, where's that begin. Know, but yeah, yeah it, it's a mess. But um, And it's weird because it's not like they did for movies or TV, just games. That's probably the weirdest part. Well, it's because in games, so you're the one that pulls the trigger button. But in <laughs> movies, you watch Arnold do it. Or Tom yeah, Cruise that's or in whatever. Games, you are the one that has to decide. When I was playing Left 4 Dead, no, not for Left 4 Dead, Last of Us, and I was rescuing Ellie from the hospital. Spoilers, because I can hold that game. Um, I didn't have to torch those doctors. They were just saying, leave me alone. You had to torch one of them. Oh, I torched them up, but yeah. You... <laughs> I'm going to scoot away from you. <laughs> even, the one, even the one that was like cowering in the corner that was saying, please don't shoot me. Can... Um, yeah, I, I got to him first. <laughs> wow. All right, well. I didn't know he had a sociopath well, on the show. Because it's like a game. Well, actually, I mean, no, no, but I'm kidding. Yeah, it's a game. It's like, exactly. I mean, if you see water, you need to jump in it to see if you can swim. 
Or if you see a campfire under the sea, if, you could, if the game will let you jump. You mean in the game, not in no, yeah, you don't the game. Jump oh, no, the yeah, yeah, of course. It's like you see a puddle and so you're like, oh, I gotta go. Because gotta like, go. when I point the gun like at Ellie or some other character, it like, yeah. doesn't let me shoot, or it's like, oh, okay, I can't hurt these people. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can hurt these doctors. Oh, I can. Well, none of the survivors, I guess. And that's kind of thing is like, at least to me, I understand the visceral reaction of, oh, you're point like, you were devil's advocating it a minute ago, but you were spot on with it. It's like, there is that reaction of, oh, well, you're in control of the gun. So like, you, that must be oh, no, yeah. some whatever. But like, all the data points the other way i mean especially reggie's thing like the entire world plays games but the entire world doesn't have shootings and reggie's own tweet he said you know four percent of the world's populations in the u.s god of war hasn't gotten brought up considering that well because you're what well, you're slicing people with a giant blade how often does that happen in almost in God of War. I mean, no, in, in real life. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. How, I mean, granted, well, I mean, in Garden it, Grove down the street from here, it did happen like right. a week ago. But... What, a stabbing? Yeah, it was like a four-person stabbing. Someone ran around and stabbed some people. It was like an armed robbery gone wrong or something, and then he just kept stabbing. So, yeah, God of War is next on the chopping block. But no, what I was going to say is like Reggie... Because he... I mean, I'm just thinking objectively like most violent games I could think of. I mean... Mortal Kombat. It was so yeah, violent, yeah. some of the developers had PTSD and oh, actually yeah, had to counseling, which is yeah. really like... Warner Brothers got to take better care of their employees. Don't let them be exposed to that much that frequently. Like, come on. But um, what I was going to say is Reggie's thing. He was saying, you know, 4% of the world lives in the U.S. 43% of the guns are in the U.S., which, okay, sure. We have the second. I wonder if there's a correlation there. Yeah, right? But, yeah, like, it, 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 we're the third highest generator of video game revenue per person, yet we have more violent gun deaths than essentially the other top nine countries on that list combined. So I don't think it's the video games <laughs> at all. But, yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it's all muddying the waters. And, and not just in terms of guns. That's a larger conversation that needs to happen. But, I mean, like, even if you want to just examine, like, our microcosm of the gaming space, right? Like, this gun stuff is distracting us from potentially real things within gaming that we could maybe focus energy on. Like, it's cool that all gamers are like, yeah, this is wrong and dumb. But just a few episodes ago, we were talking about, like, and this is really peanuts compared to what we were just talking about. But we were talking about the whole, like, entitlement with Pokemon fans freaking out about the the national decks and complaining and saying Game Freak doesn't know what they're doing and basically harassing the developers. And, you know, there's some of that on larger scale. Occasionally in Nintendo spaces, these controversies pop up. I mean, some are addressed properly. Mario Maker 2 and the whole friend support thing. Like, people handle that well enough, I feel like, but some aren't. Obviously, everyone's entitled to want things and to request things. It's just like, I mean, half this podcast's existence is us complaining about things and saying Nintendo should do things differently. But the difference well, we is... we will get to that. <laughs> but the the difference is we're not standing at the China Joy Expo smashing PlayStation fours into the in like the ground in front of the developers of a game because we don't like their game. Like that's a real thing that happened. Some guy. So there's this Zelda clone. That's a, that's some petty stuff that it's I, super I, petty. That I mean, I gotta get props because Jesus. <laughs> but like, imagine if you're a developer and you've like been working on this thing, a guy just comes up and literally throws a PlayStation in your face. Like it is funny. But... It's, the, it's not my PlayStation, so. <laughs> As, that's fair. As far that's as I'm fair. concerned, all right, you wasted 400 US dollars. So. Yeah, yeah, and and the whole reason he did it, for those who don't know the story, is there's this Zelda esque game, pretty much a clone, coming to PlayStation Four, and Sony was showing it off at the Chinadroy Expo, and basically all these people took photos of them like flipping off the booth, holding like copies of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and put it on social media, and then this guy just waltzed in with a PlayStation and slammed the thing so down. There was another Breath of the Wild clone that came out not too long ago. The Ocean Oceanhorn. Oceanhorn Two. Oh, not the Oceanhorn Two. What? Ocean no, that, you're thinking about God's you're thinking of God and Monsters just yeah. comes out next March. Oh, March, the same month that Zelda Breath of the Wild came out. In coincidence, I think not. Well, hold on, Oceanhorn two. 
Yeah. On the one that they showed with like app, uh, the Apple Arcade promo, promo videos, right? I mean, there was an, o- an Ocean Horn game There's that also just a came hand. out recently. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I don't understand why nobody wasn't up in ar- was up in arms with that one. I, I, I think people. More, I think because it's for mobile, Waker, people are like, eh. no. But it came out on the PS4. Oh, it did. It was also yeah. It was also oh. released on the PS4. Well, we got called this China, <laughs> this China Joy guy, to smash the Playstations here on the states. But um, yeah, like I, I obviously a good number of gamers aren't smashing Playstations, aren't throwing fits about the national decks, aren't They're all smashing that. other things. Yes, people online. Uh, yes, Ultimate. and yeah, that was a, yeah. Try out of the gutter, boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're not. I guess the point is, I just wish that like we could spend some of the energy from the ground groundswell of people who call BS on the game violence thing to maybe just spend a little bit of time redirecting that energy to just making gaming less toxic. I don't know. I realize that it becomes a divide at that point, but like, it's just. Have you did you hear about what happened with NBA Two K Twenty? I guess it now is. They stuck women in the game. WNBA is in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. But, like, of course it was met with some, you know, sexist jokes online. That's bound to happen for better or worse. Um, but people were, like, actively complaining. It's basically the national dexing all over again. They're actively complaining that the inclusion that of women sense, was like taking the other away. Way direction. It's like, yeah. it should only be better, like, oh, okay, that's cool, but, like, I'm not going to use them. Or, like, oh, that's cool, just yeah. different. So, well, what people have an issue with, and I'm not justifying this. I'm just saying yeah, you're, what, you're, what, their you, perspective. what usually happens is a developer will put something in to, you know, make the game a little bit more accessible, more welcoming to new players. And women make up a majority or not. Actually, a majority of gamers are women. Yeah. yeah Thanks well, to Candy Crush and more casual well, yeah. and Mario Kart. And, yeah. But, you know, and a lot of them still play the more hardcore stuff. Too, if they want to get into gaming, you know, yeah. if, if you're a basketball if you're a basketball fan, you do not have any representation in the game. Yeah. What a lot of players hate is they see these new women teams, the the WNBA, and immediately they think, what? Why? Yeah. Why didn't they put their resources into something else? Like, who asked for this? But, like, what else are they going to do? They have a hundred, like, they have all these legacy jer- jerseys. They have all these modes. They have, like, it's the number one selling sports game for 2K Ever. Yeah, it, it usually... It's clearly a good enough game. Like, you're not taking away. It usually just comes down to people complaining that those resources are being wasted on something that nobody asked for, which... Right. If, that's Every why other it, Smash Bros. It, character. It's, fi- it's fine if nobody asked for it. If they want to add... It's their game. They can yeah, add exactly. it if they want, if they want to. And, and the thing about that is, I would say people were asking for it, just not the people there around. Because it's... No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's Don't number, get me wrong. People right. were asking right. for the WNBA's. Uh, one of my sparks at Roof, Roof, Roof. That was the chant of the... Uh, the LA Sparks. Oh, I, had no idea I used to work, what, work at a sports arena and the uh, where the uh, LA Sparks played. I literally and, had no, no idea what was going on. And let me tell you, if those seats are full when you're playing in Staples Center as the LA Sparks, nope. that's That place is about em- is 60% empty half the time. Yeah. Uh, courtside seat tickets are, uh, I think they're like 500 bucks. That's oh, it. Man. Yeah, that's Oof. it. I mean, and I get it, like WNBA is smaller, but it's just it's just weird to me that like you congrats you have the number one basketball game you have number one sports game from Take Two ever. So obviously there's and For, you sort of address this, on, but there's on, obviously an and a uh, what? It's the number one bas. It's like one of the most profitable games ever. It's not, Take Two's top selling sports game they've ever done. Which yeah, but, back, back when they had the NFL yeah, but it's license. also profitable for the wrong reasons. Like it was two dollars on the eShop at one point. 
what the two K nineteen? No, their <laughs> their microtransactions are. Insane. Oh no 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 no! It, it's their oh yeah, it is profit. You're right. So that is why. Yeah. yeah. But it also was two dollars on the eShop at one point. So. I mean, but um, yeah. My point is like, there's all those people, which means there's obviously women within that group. So it's just yeah. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're going to solve any sort of like gaming toxicity here on a podcast. No, there's no we'll obviously there's no answers. I play a that, lot of Overwatch, and let me tell you, yeah, I was about that I, community. Woo! Yeah, like what have you guys experienced? Like, have you had bad encounters with that? Because I'm lucky. Like in the Nintendo bubble, it's usually pretty chill, and probably because Nintendo doesn't allow voice chat, so yeah. <laughs> so that's why I can't hear people calling me words they shouldn't be. But um, what's it like with Overwatch? Oh man, that's that one, that one's rough. Don't get me wrong, I'm toxic. I'm toxic too every now and then, but uh, like like <laughs> most recently, I was just in a match and somebody was just complaining about me, and I never attacked him. Like, I he was clearly doing better than me, and like of course at some point somebody's gonna be doing better than you. Yeah, but yeah, he was just complaining about how I was playing, or how I was not playing or whatever. I mean, it is. That, in the grand scheme of things, it's not as awful as some of the other stuff, but Oh, you know. I don't get it nearly as hard as like some of these female gamers get. Yeah. No, yeah. I've get been it online. Pretty lucky. Like if anything, the few times I've actually bothered to try to chat with randoms cuz I mean, for the most part I've only ever played a lot of Nintendo games online, which right. never offer voice chat. Yeah. And when they did it was exclusively to friends and the there are a time- few exceptions. But, yeah. I, know there, I know there were a few, but or the other other times I play games online are like on my Mac when I would play Left 4 Dead or whatever. Like I would just play with my brother and some other friends. But I did play, um, what was it? Well, you know, like ever since the Nintendo chat thing became a thing. Yeah. As much app. as it sucks, like I used it a few times to see, like, oh, I wonder how people are around here. And at least the Nintendo community, at least in Mario Kart 8, everyone's extremely friendly. I, like yeah, yeah. so friendly, it's almost like scary. That's a dream, baby. Yeah. It's, it's like wow, really why can't everyone be like this? That's my whole point. It's like, I like I've, I've only seen all the horror stories. Like I'm, mean, you know, you always hear about all this. Oh, stuff. of course, yeah. And that kind of goes for any fan base. I'm kind of good about. Or I'm not even trying like for you know anime or other kind of stuff. Like I usually don't really read too many comments or even see too many other fans. So I always hear about how like oh Undertale has a worth fans or One Punch Man has a worth fans or Attack on Titan. The anonymity. Anonymousness. But yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's like pieces. nothing. No one. No people have like ruined right. something for me because I guess I don't really know the fan base. Right, right. But yeah, I just wish that like it just like that it's a thing though. Yeah, it's just like I, I wish some of the time and energy that people were being like, don't fall for the scapegoat, while continuing to fall for the scapegoat by talking about the scapegoat, like we have done for 20 minutes. I guess wish some energy was spent trying to make it more like the Nintendo bubble, where everyone's a little friendlier and everyone's nice, because like. Again, like, gaming's really unique. It's such, like, a sheer breadth of all types of experiences. Sure, there's violent ones, but there's eccentric ones, there's strange ones, there's weird ones. So, like, it, it, we could just, like, lift that up instead of have to fight amongst ourselves. This is my kumbaya moment. Don't mind yeah, me. I, I, but World peace is never going to happen. I know. Well, within our lifetime. I know. So, with that in mind, but, uh, let's actually celebrate some of the good stuff instead of talking about the bad that we can't fix. Even the people on Friday the 13 on the PS4 were really friendly. Yeah, The few no, times I've played it, they've ever been... I've been here when you played it. They were very nice. Yeah. <laughs> But, There's yeah. always, like, one little kid that is just always yelling. But he's never, like, yelling at anyone. He's just, like, kind of just raging on his own. But that's not really doing anything to anyone. A, you could just mute him, and then everyone's right. just like, all right. Asynchronous yeah. games, I feel like, always have, like, a good community. Like, um, like Dead by Daylight? Dead by Daylight has a pretty good community. Where, like, everybody's super helpful. Like, if you get somebody that's uh, that disconnects on the, uh, like, survivor side, I, at least, like, 75% of the time that I play the game, the killer will just like 
boosts you up for free. Like he'll let huh. you escape. Yeah, it's, that that community's pretty solid. That's cool. Oh, and that's coming to so Switch much. like in a month. Dead by Daylight. It looks rough. It looks a little rough. It looks a little Dreamcasty. Yeah. It was okay when we played it at E3. Like in actually playing it feels fine. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it hands Oh, I was just saying, like, like visually. It does look rough. I don't know yeah. about how the performance is. Well, yeah, that's kind of my point. Like, if you're playing handheld, you almost have, like, the ex- like the built-in excuse of why it's like that. But if you yeah. were trying to play on TV, it would feel I like know, it's funny, because we were only played it on handheld, and to me, it felt fine. But, like, I wouldn't want to play it. Kind of like, exactly. like the Resident Evil games that yeah. they ported over. Like, they all look fine handheld. But then when we saw them, like, on the TV, at, like, Comic-Con, at Comic-Con or yeah. stuff, it's like, whoa, this looks... Because, yeah, we played five on handheld uh, at E3, and we're like, oh, this is pretty good. And then we saw six on TV, and you immediately just, like, had the worst look on well, your face. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know, know if the game, like, stuttered that bad in this frame rate, but... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, we don't, we don't talk around about six or... <laughs> Oh, did you like he, he, he does talk about I, it. We have talked about it. I just said it was here. a really fun game, but it's a terrible Resident Evil game. It's, yeah, fast and, that, it's, it's the Fast and Furious syndrome. It was but. really fun just controlling zombies and like killing other people when they were yeah. running their campaign. But Resident Evil 5 is still probably my favorite game of all time. I know I ask this every episode. Really fun, though. I know I ask this every episode we talk about Resident Evil. Was it 5 or 6 where they punched the boulder? 5. It's 5. And that's my transition into weird things that happen in video games and weird games. Wasn't that not smooth? Uh, no, but seriously, like, it... Yeah, that's, it one, that's one of the least weird things that happens in Resident I, Evil What's the weirdest thing that's happened in... Yeah, like, well, in Resident Evil 2, into, you... like, a meat dinosaur chases you. Oh, yeah, yeah. you in uh, Resident Evil 2, uh, you can unlock the uh, the tofu survivor, where you're just oh, a yeah. piece of tofu. Oh, that's I've heard about through, that. Uh, yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually kind of... Like, that's what's cool, is, like, gaming, like... How's a movie do that? How is Super Mario <laughs> like, that's World so wonderful going, by weird. the way? It will be done by the end of September, as promised. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, he has started. not started. <laughs> I have not, but it'll be done by the end of I don't even think September. it was in your mind until It now. was, but then I was out of town. Walking out of here from the uh, previous podcast. No, I actually, I actually debated taking my Game Boy Micro and the Game Boy Advance copy of it on the plane to San Francisco when but I But you're going to play the game. Super Nintendo but version because... Exactly. I was like, no, I want to play Super Nintendo version, so I didn't do that. And then that's where my train of thought stopped. For now, okay, it'll yeah. happen. Right, we'll see. You'll see. You probably should have put some sort of like bounty on it if it doesn't. But no, it'll happen. It's at the end of the year. We'll th- we no, have, we have... end of September. Oh, that's right. You made it hard- harder for yourself. I will complete it. All right. Well, anyway, weird games. We'll think of something for you to gain or lose. Later. Weird games. So we already were touching on tofu, but uh, yeah, I feel like especially Nintendo. Like Nintendo's kind of a powerhouse of of weirdness. Like obviously you got Zelda and Metroid, and those are very standard, all things considered. But like. Mario's really weird if you think about it. Like, some of their biggest games are really weird. I mean, you got a plumber who uses magic mushrooms to change size. He fights turtles. He travels through pipes in a world that, from what I can tell, doesn't have any actual plumbing. And he rides there a dinosaur. Yeah, there there yeah, there's there a whole pipes. world that's just plumbing. Yeah, they're just, they're but just nothing pipes. runs through the pipes ever. Have you he ever seen water? He runs through the pipes. Have you seen <laughs> Literally. <laughs> have you seen water in any of these pipes? Underwater ones. Have you, do you see a current coming out? Oh, yeah, there, there is actually. It's obvious there's water there. All right, fine. So they have plumbing. That's the one normal thing about Mario. But he rides a dinosaur. He interacts with tiny anthropomorphic mushrooms who sound like they've had cigarettes for some reason. Like, it's the weirdest thing if you think about it. And you could argue, yeah, like, that's their oh, choice. Don't. I, I, yeah, they seem too young, in my opinion. Uh, but, and at least, like, get some, like, fruit. Do, like, vape. Get some nice flavor out of it. Cigarettes just taste weird. Anyway, you could argue a lot of Nintendo's heaviest hitters um, are kind of bizarre. Like a game where you do chores. Yeah, that's Animal Crossing. A game where you control 100 carrots. Yeah, that's Pikmin. Like, it's just... Even stuff like back in the Super Nintendo, like Uniracers. The idea, like, what if you had these unicycles that were also alive 
and they raced on tight ropes, and then that's just the whole game. I don't know if it's what if because... you were a squid made out of ink <laughs> and a kid, and you're a squid now, and you're a kid now, and you're a squid now, you're a kid now. I don't know if it's because we grew up with games, but I guess I, I just never thought of any of those things as weird. It's just like, you know, it's just like they're just means to an end. It's like oh. they mostly are. But that's what's cool about games is they yeah. allowed that. Like, no, yeah, yeah. But there are some that are just straight up weird. Like there are some yeah, that like, you like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is this from that old era? I mean, yeah, no, it's totally yeah. But like I like I think one that like always struck me as super just genuinely weird in concept and execution. Everything was Electroplankton on the DS. So I don't know if you, I know it's in Smash Bros. and everyone knows it from Smash Bros. I know. But have either of you played Electroplankton? I've played it. It's such yeah. an interesting thing. I mean, it's more of a toy than a game. Yeah. But I think it's this, probably the single weirdest piece of Nintendo software that I own. Like, they were so uncomfortable, not uncomfortable, they are so unsure of what it would do because of how strange it was that they didn't even sell it in the U.S. in stores. You had to go to store.nintendo.com and you had to buy it there and it's a super limited run. Um, I mean, maybe it's almost more of a I remember art seeing piece. you use that GameStop a few times. Yeah, it eventually started bubbling up in places. But I, I, I guess it's kind of an art piece even because it was created by a media and installation artist named, um, I wrote it down because I would never remember it, uh, Toshio Awai, and but T O S H I O I W A I. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, essentially, like for those who haven't played it, it's music making software, but there's no actual interface for making music through the software. Like, there's no traditional music making interface. It's like instead of laying down tracks or playing notes, you just have plankton and you just like manipulate with the touchscreen or your voice or sounds. And I think there are like what? Yeah, I mean, you had it there. No, 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 I didn't own it. I there were, uh, I think, ten different modes, um, and each one was a different character. And the most well-known is one in Smash, where you angle the leaves and the tadpoles jump in him, and that makes notes. Um, but there's also modes where, like, you use a touchscreen to like draw, and the speed and angle you draw it will change the notes and the and the pitch and stuff. Or like, there's one where you can do like you make looping backbeats to build on top of. There's another where you just use the mic and talk into it, and it like does weird stuff with your voice, depending on how you manipulate things on screen. There's a really cool one actually where um, you you're grouping a school of fish by clapping and making noises with the mic, and then that forms different formations they swim in, which then make this different music. And it's just like this really interesting, weird thing. It's like not really a game. There's no objectives. There's no goals. There's no real way to save the music. It's very like ephemeral in that regard, but. It was kind of cool, and it's like that's the sort of like how you do that with a movie. You just like have like random scenes that don't connect in any way, shape, or form. Like that's what's kind of cool about games. It's just like this weird thing that you that? can't connect different to um, anything else. You guys, I have to take back a, a say in my head. There was one game theory that definitely made me take a step back. Like, whoa, this is really weird. Hmm. That's definitely rhythm heaven. Just I was gonna say WarioWare is up there too. Cause, yeah, well, yeah, yeah we're the same people, but yeah, totally. Yeah, but like that game, like, and just like a bunch of the mini games, they're just. I, it's one of my favorite games to just show people that don't really play video games that often because right, then they get right. really weirded out, especially when I do like the remixes where it's like five seconds of each one. Yeah. And it goes from like a guy instructing seals to a slumber party with monkeys to you doing tango with a robot or. Yeah, well, just like. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it was interesting about. But rhythm, it works. Yeah, it totally works. What's interesting about Rhythm Heaven and WarriorWare 2 is that it it's super weird, but it's actually like, if you think about it, it's structured like a totally normal game. There's not like it's just like oh you have a challenge you have to figure you have a puzzle you have to solve but you only have five seconds to do it and we'll give you a hint yeah, of a command they, and then you go they, they could have all been like textured or drawn yeah to just be uniform or they could have all been like thematically relevant to one another because they could have all been yeah we're all just tapping one button yeah. or two sometimes yeah but because but like they just went wild with it yeah. and then they got 
rhythmic with it and it's just like warriors one way like it we it's such a standard thing now for us because nintendo does it with every system and actually now i think about it what's cool about warrior is they not i were weird with it but they purposely tried to get as weird as possible by having it be the new and like the test run for all the different inputs they come up with like twisted for gyro before gyro was really a thing they had all the funny poses on what i'm surprised they haven't done one for switch i am too well game and warrior didn't really do that hot because it was on wii u well it's also game and warrior yeah game and warrior wasn't also a traditional warrior war game that is very true yeah warrior gold on the 3ds which did okay but more of a compilation um these compilations don't do so hot, do they? Not real. I mean, it depends on what how you define hot. Like for Nintendo, it's easy to make, it's cheap to make, and they can get a decent amount of money off it to an audience of younger kids who have never played them before because, you know, the 2DS is aimed at that audience now. For the bigger picture of like, is this the next hit WarioWare game? No. Is this the next hit Mario Party? No. But it, it caters to a group and it does well with that group. I'm still mad about the top 100. Yeah. I, I would I would I think love... a lot of people are... I would love for them to do a top 100 DLC pack for Super Mario Party. Not gonna happen. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Thank you for your. I wasn't apologizing to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I took it as it was for me, as if you were personally responsible for deciding if for greenlighting. When I'm DLC. sorry to you, you will know. I will personally look you in the eyes, which I don't like to do. <laughs> That's true. You did kind of look past me. Yeah. Like, literally in a different direction. I think some Nintendo likes to do things that people don't want. They'll probably just, like, release on the Switch. Like, all right, a la carte, for no reason, we're just going to release random one res Mario Party minigames. One, like, like, this for month will be... One, one, one at a time, not even just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They'll do a monthly in sets of four. And they're their they'll put own... out a two-minute video. You'll have a rewind feature now. And they're their own <laughs> app. You can't, like, just go to one place and play yep. all the minigames. You have yep, to, like... Yeah, so if you want to play Bookworm, you have to open up Bookworm. Or if you want to play... Bumper Ball, you have to open Look up at him Bumper showing Ball. off his Mario Party knowledge, just dropping the names of each. Bumper Balls is a pretty famous one, yeah. Okay. Book Squirm is also. Book Squirm is very up there. Book Squirm got its own, like. There's a very few games that remember their names. I don't remember. Book Squirm got its own, like, mode in Mario Party 4, which is still the best one. Oh, the end of one, right? No, I, uh, I still feel like Mario Party 2 is the best Mario Party, but 4 is up there. I do like 4. I also like the ad campaign around 4 where they I feel like get you're a fake saying that because it's just nostalgia goggles at this point. What, with 2? I agree. 2, they yeah. had funny outfits. Exactly. My point stands. <laughs> uh, no, Mar- Mario Party Two is definitely the, the it's best up Mario Party on the sixty-four. There we go. See, I mean, granted, that wasn't all the way to what I would say, <laughs> but I will take the small victory. No, it, it, yeah, Mar- Mario Party Two is the best Mario Party. I like the theming of Mario Party Two best, but yeah, I like the dual mini games in Mario Party Three. And some other stuff too. I it's funny. Know. I when I so I bought one and I bought three, but I didn't buy two. I just rented two a bunch from Blockbuster, and I when I bought three, I'm like, oh, two was so good, and I was actually disappointed with three because it wasn't more like two. Oh, really? Yeah, I really like three. I don't. I don't Everything. like the art. I don't like three's art style at all. Yeah, the, two uh, had so much more charm. Yeah. Oh yeah, two, three is just like pop up books, but I thought the mini games and everything else was the same, if not better. By the way, another weird Nintendo game, Mario Party. If you think about it. Yeah, I guess. On some level. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know why any Mario. Why, why? Mario Kart is weird. They're Mario Kart's not that weird. You take your characters and you have them have, do like a spin-off game. But Mario Party's weird because it's like, what if a board game... You take your character and you have them do a spin-off a game. Spin-off no, game. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But you, like, you can break any game like that. No, I mean, Mario Kart's just the idea of like... What, All the games that yeah, were... If you, try, okay. if, you try to, if you try to digest like everything... I don't know, I guess Mario Kart just feels more normal. I feel like Fortune Street is a much weirder game yes, than... Yes, that's than, a good uh, one. ...than Mario Party. Yeah. Definitely, because it has like a whole stock market and yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. And then it had like it was like Dragon Quest crossed with Mario for no clear reason besides 
they both wanted the money, I guess. But yeah, it, that is a strange game. I've heard it's really good if you get into like the the in depth with it. But there's actually a lot of games from like the Wii era and the GameCube era that I really wish Nintendo like did more with. Like o- Odama was really interesting. That was the was that the voice controlled medieval semi pinball game. Yeah. Well, you yes. got Rock of Ages. There you go. It's not the same. It's not voice controlled. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> or like, or like, um, how many, was this the Wii or the GameCube Pokemon Channel? Do you remember Pokemon Channel? It's GameCube. Oh, right, that's right. It was GameCube. Pokemon Channel. They did a separate one for Wii that was similar. But Wait, Pokemon there Channel. There was Pokemon Ranch on Wii. No, there was something like Pokemon Channel where you had Pikachu and you watched TV together. Like, it's a game where you watch TV together, essentially. It was, it, uh, it was a sequel to Hey You Pikachu, which that game makes sense. Oh, there's this cute, adorable creature. What if he was your pet and you lived in a virtual environment together? It's like Tamagotchi 2.0, sure. But then Pokemon Channel is like, what if we take out the part where you interact with him through voice, which never worked, whatever. And instead, the two of you just watch TV and we'll just make a bunch of cutscenes that are just different TV shows starring different Pokemon. And then you just sit there in your game watching what I like this idea yeah I mean it's, it's very like laid back one cool thing it did actually is there was this little system back in the day called the Pokemon Mini that Nintendo released we have an extra about it up on the site um, from years ago and if anyone wants to check it out but it's um, it was a baby black and white system that had its own cartridges with its own games it was sold only at the Pokemon Center in Japan and the US it was out for like they had four games released for it total and then they stopped making it it was out for like three months whole thing's emulated inside Pokemon channels. So if you want a piece of Nintendo history of a actual Nintendo handle that no one ever talks about, it's in Pokemon channel. It's also on eBay. Um, or it's in my house. I, I have one with every game that came to the States. Because I was such a Pokemon whore at the time. <laughs> but um, I know. Let's bleep that word. No, nah, it's okay. We could say it. You, could say, you could say it on a TV. Without whore? A... Yeah. No, I've, I've watched on TV. I write since not tragedies by... Pack of the disco. That's true, they do. They, they, yeah, he does the shh. Well, I apologize to the sensitive <laughs> ears of our youngest listeners. But yeah, are there any other weird games that like jump out at you before we get into the new wave of weird games that's about to come? I mean, there's Captain Rainbow. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I do not. It never came stateside. That's probably but why it was I do not. a bunch of B or C tier characters, Nintendo characters, and they all live on an island. So it's like Birdo in them. And you, as Captain Rainbow, have to solve basically do errands for him it's like a kind of souped up animal crossing but the errands are really weird like birdo needed an adult toy delivered to her and things like that and this was a nintendo published official game starring nintendo's own characters how long ago was this this was i think in the wii days I mean, yeah, they got weird during the Wii days. <laughs> they got very weird during the Wii days. But some of it was great, and some of it was that. But, yeah. I don't think there's anything a... too weird off the top of my head. I mean, I think Ace Attorney is kind of a weird series, just because you're playing as a defense attorney, but that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean... Although, like, the way they ham it up is pretty, like... Yeah, but that's kind of, like, anime in general. is like, anime mm-hmm. could turn anything into a show. I mean, bread making. Like your, yeah, yeah, I was about to say your bread making show that you like. Firefighters. Oh, yeah, that's the, the big new one right now, isn't it? Fire Force. Yeah. I mean, that's got more magical elements to it, mystical elements. What anime religious does, elements. What anime yeah, doesn't have? I, I saw the first things. episode and a half, and then I ended up being done. Really? Yeah. 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 It's it's just, like, tropey as hell. Like, after, like, after you find out, like, oh, the main character, he was, like, 
hated as a kid because he has like it's pretty much Naruto. Mm-hmm. But then he wants to be the best firefighter ever. He wants to be a hero, so it's like My Hero Academia. And... I liked I like the twist of like his smile being not him actually smiling. It's just like him being really uncomfortable hmm. and like being really nervous. I like that twist. I mean, some different stuff, but I've, I don't know. I might have to go back to it later, but I it felt too samey at least for now. Visually, it looks awesome. That too. I mean, a lot of action scenes look cool. I cannot relate to this conversation, but please do continue. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess I, I guess we can now jump to the next wave of weird games if we talk a bit about the past ones, because weird's still a thing, especially on Switch, where anything goes and indies go super crazy. And I think the uh, best example of this, my personal favorite of the bunch, is Fight Crab, which is exactly as advertised. You play as a crab. This game looks awesome. You fight another crab, and the goal is to flip the other crab on its back, and you can do it with 41 different weapons, ranging from hammers to lightsabers to chainsaws to... I don't even remember what else was Lasers. In Lasers. Beams. I, don't I know. think you're just saying lightsabers in different ways now. <laughs> well, beams and lightsabers can be different. I guess. But yeah, the, 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 the pl- there's actually a plot to it. I, I did some research to learn more about this game. There is a plot. Apparently, the crabs were given this strength and intelligence from some sort of group of gods. So they decided to use it specifically to build human-like weapons and take over the world. But now that they've done that, they don't know what to do. So they decide, well, why don't we just try and defeat each other? Because, you know, once you have your shared enemy removed, suddenly you become enemies with your allies. So, yeah, so now they're fighting amongst themselves for total control, and and, and that's what you do. You fight as crabs. And if it sounds vaguely familiar, um, we first mentioned it on the show back in March of 2018 – when it was announced in Japan, I think it was around episode 173, by which I mean it was around episode 173. It was episode 173 because I looked it up. But yeah, at the time, it was only in Japan, and it looked kind of like we didn't have the absurd weapon angle. It was just crabs fighting. So it is cool that they sort of leaned in on the absurd even more, and so now we have all these weapons. Is it coming out on Switch? It will be on Switch later this year. Right now, it's in early access on um, I- Ido or IO or what? Uh, itch.io. Itch.io. There we go. Yeah. I think it's also on Steam or- Really it nice. might be now, yeah. yeah. And and what's nice is that Itch.io seems to be popping up a lot more. Yeah, it's because it, basically it's like a platform for indies to just throw their random ideas on there and see what happens. Like you don't have to necessarily have publishing or anything like that. Oh. Um, that's but what's, that's it's, what it's cool. Is. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But um, what's nice is that Fight Crab actually looks like it could be good. It doesn't just look silly; it actually looks good. Right? Like, am I the one that feels that way? It, feels, it reminds me of uh, Destroy All Monsters Melee, the Godzilla game. Yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, War of the Monsters on... I don't know if it ever came out on the GameCube, but it was on the PS2 War of the Monsters. Was that also called... Ringing so, a Bell? No, no, it was called War of the Monsters. You know, actually, 13AM Games, the guys that did Rumbo, they're doing a, a kaiju fighting game, a big monster fighting game, too, now. That's probably, mm. like, both of these. <laughs> You, did um, you ever play War of the Monsters? The no, but play the one he mentioned just because we didn't have a, we yeah you know, we didn't have a PS2. So we didn't we did you not know anyone with a PS2? If we did, all they would play would was like Grand Theft Auto. So that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, we did have our friend that lives close by who also had a PS2, and we mainly played Looney Tunes Racing on his PS2. Hmm. Interesting. Choice. Only the good stuff. Yeah, only the quality. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least do wacky racers now. But um, question for you: Are you going to get Fight Crab, because you are the party switch. You and our group of friends are the guy oh, who can always... Can with four people? I don't know. It's at least two, but I mean, come on. Who's not going to watch it? Like, if we were a rotate control, she's going to be like, nah, I've seen enough crabs fighting one another with giant chainsaws. I'm good. Like, that's not a thing that will happen. Um, I'll have to think about it. 
Huh. I thought you'd be more on board. It's. I mean, it's kind of like Godzilla. And it hey, man, Lenny makes... doesn't grow on trees. Got to see. It's like 10 bucks. Right, yeah. fair. Okay. Got to see. Okay. Can't wait to see uh, Fat Crab at Evo next year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> imagine. That's going to be the best. It's going to be so good. But yeah, so that's um, that's one weird game. I would love for like, the pros like, to like, hop on board of it. Like, oh, Justin Wong versus Daigo. The meta of Fight Crab. Then they'll ruin it, and then it won't be fun anymore to watch because it's just going to be the same strategy over and over again. Yeah, that's that's what was nice about Smash at Evo this year is the characters weren't all the same. Like I remember last year, everyone had bayonetas. This year, they did not. It was nice, a nice change of pace. It is nice that everyone was using a different character. But since I follow a lot of tournaments, right. it was also like, oh, here comes MK Leo getting uh, everyone well, with Joker but that, again. But that's no different than like, Woo! here comes, <laughs> here Love comes, um, you uh, know, whoever, whatever basketball player doing that one layup he's really good at. Like, it's, upsets are exciting, but yeah. this wasn't enough that it was. Just, it almost was. It was so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 that was a great. I mean, him almost yeah. winning with Pokemon Trainer was pretty cool. That was super cool. That was uh, really it, the first set. Of he was that one match stock was away too. The second set, was, yeah, he yeah he really lost all that momentum. I really feel really sorry for Tweak. Yeah, once he once once he got psyched out, he was psyched out the rest of the night. Did you see uh, SmashCon? I saw a lot of highlights. I, I mainly watched um, the the combo contest for SmashCon. Hmm. I love that thing. And you're entering one tomorrow. Not a combo contest. Not a, combo contest. <laughs> a, a tournament. If you don't know what a combo contest is, look it up. Just look up. SmashCon 2019 or 2020, I think it's when. I to yeah. explain it in super simple terms because it's weird to be like, "Hey, welcome to our podcast where we tell you to go elsewhere for all mm-hmm. your information." Um, basically, it's who can do the craziest combo of attacks, and they're it's rated. The combo contest, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's literally like the Olympics where they rate like a routine on like the a gym, gymnastics routine, except it's like Smash Bros. fighting. Well, it's just Smash 64, but yeah, it's just in Oh yeah, yeah, Smash Bros. Or yeah, 64, yeah. But um, yes, okay, so. Fight Crab was game number one on weird new games. Cut from a similar weight, what? Cloth, in uh, my opinion at least, but for a very different reason, is PC Building Simulator. Yeah. Which also has a very to-the-point name, like Fight Crab. They're, the weird games just get to the point because it sells itself. Um, but yeah, this is a simulator for building your own custom PC tower. And and to be fair, the game actually goes beyond that. There's a story mode. You're putting in charge of your father's computer shop. You're building different PCs to meet different requirements for customers. There's actually like a challenge to be solved and different criteria to meet. This is my dream job right here, like doing all that stuff. Do you like building PCs? I love building PCs. Are you gonna buy this game? Probably not, because <laughs> <laughs> it's cause, and you know why? Because conceptually, it's just so strange. Like you're playing a console game. Where you're building a PC to play PC games that you can't actually play just, in the I game just, because it's running on a console without the specs to play the game that you're building the PC for. That's virtual. I just <laughs> I'm not gonna get the same rush that I get when I because you know, there's no use my screwdriver to you know that the visceral in, physical yeah, I just, I just, yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah I just find it so funny it's like yeah build a virtual PC for virtual games you can't play on your physical console in physical real life but yeah. hey but uh, but I think I think my favorite part of the concept isn't that it just exists and how silly it is or that it's even the fact that it's actually pretty popular apparently has over seven hundred thousand downloads on Steam. Yeah, it, like, it was a pretty big, uh, like streamed game. When which they, again, they really... which is so funny to me because you could watch people build real PCs. But no, what um, what I think is actually the the my favorite part of this concept is that enough people bought into the idea of this game when it was still being developed and being pitched that they got a ton of major brands who actually license their components for the game. That's yeah, so the, great. My my go-to brand with like my PC stuff is yeah. NZXT. They're in there. And they're in there. And it blew my mind that like their official like cases were in 
were in the game and render pretty well too. Yeah, like, like it wasn't just like sloppy, like uh, you know, just put, just put this is the cue gr- in there and right. slap the logo on it. It's like the actual model. This is the Gran Turismo of PC building games. It's also the only of PC building games. But yeah, it's just like like AMD's in there, Nvidia's in there. They got like you can set you can literally in the game set up benchmarks with real software that exists in the real world, but virtually. You can manage your CPUs, you can add LEDs to tower, it's all there. It's just not real. So if you build a PC that's more powerful than the PC that you're building and you try to benchmark it within that one, it won't that's be That's my to point. I don't know what happens. That's what I was saying before. It's like, so you're building a virtual thing to run games that your physical thing can't run and then you hit go, but then nothing happens because it's virtual on a physical thing that can't run it. It's 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 strange, but yeah. I mean, would you... Yeah, I, I, I think... I think PC Building Simulator, which, you know, it, it's actually out now on the eShop if anyone wants to go download and we can... Maybe it's on the Switch? I, it's I on might. the Switch. Yeah, I'm only mentioning games for Nintendo Switch. I might. Yeah, okay. Yeah, first, I might, you, okay. Do you think you're actually going to do it? It's like, I might. It's like 10 or 12 bucks, I think, but... I might. I'm not, not going to make any promises. I might. All right. All right. But I we'll think, see. I think it's a good example, like, kind of going back to my whole, like, how gaming's a more flexible medium thing than, than other ones... I think this is an example of that because can you imagine a movie where all they do is build PC towers? Because like, sure, Be Kind Rewind is the VHS version of this. Oh, they're just rewinding tapes in a video store for two hours, but then they turn it into like reenactments of those movies and stuff. So that kind of works. But like, how would you do this? Do you reenact video games? Like, there's no way something like this could be moved into another format. Like, it's a very game only. They would sort have of to thing. make a. You just have to make a plot around it. Just like the camera around, they had to make a plot around that they were trying to save the old video store because it was going to get right. But out then, but then, even then, out. like the bulk of the movie was nostalgia about those movies. Well, those yeah, movies. them remaking right. The, so that was just, that, that was just the string to hold it together. This is almost flipped, where it's like the idea is, oh, they're building PCs, and they have to somehow string that together with a plot. I don't know. Just, Wait, didn't you say that with a plot? I said he, you're helping a computer store, and that gives you challenges to do. That's just to give you goals. That what movie? Okay, he built this one. Now he's building that one. Now he's building the third one. I don't like, know, there's probably some artsy fartsy indie film maybe. out there. That's just some guy making a sandwich. They're and set a, to like Italian, like accordions. <laughs> there's a there's a web series that I follow mm-hmm. uh, from a pretty prominent YouTuber, uh, Lance Tech Tips. Uh, every now and then they do the series called Scrapyard Wars. Scrap my, my apologies, Scrapyard Wars, uh-huh. uh, where they get a budget. And they are given uh, certain parameters to work around mm-hmm. where they have to build a PC. Like the first season was you have to make the best PC you can for 300 bucks. And then like eventually this newest season was they had to build a PC without uh, being able to use the internet at all, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. Yeah. Because how, you, how do you do that? How do you research? One of the guys had to buy a map and a phone book, which <laughs> so, I mean, you can make a movie out of that. Yeah, hey, I get. build the best PC you can with $1,000 or you die. But that seems like a... <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> like speed, but building a PC. I mean, I mean this isn't going to be like a general audience movie, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the game, though. The game has 700,000 sales. That's also not like a general audience game. I'm closing in on three quarters of a million is bigger than a lot of Nintendo's games. So, like, their smaller B-tier stuff. That's, I mean... That's a big number for gaming. But... And, and to be, I should be fair. It's a two-way street. Like, there are plenty of movie concepts that don't translate well to games, and there's plenty of games that maybe don't, and there's ways you can make each work. Like, good luck making a video game that's basically the plot of Titanic, unless it's a visual novel. Like, you know, there's, like, limitations and restrictions. We're going to get to that later. Are, are we? Oh, yeah. yes, you did. You are playing yeah. a visual novel. Actually, speaking of visual novels, here's one that's also um, kind of fits our idea of weird, or my idea of weird. 
Have you heard about this game called One Night Stand, which is exactly what the name implies it is? No. So the game is, and it's on Switch, it's a visual novel of sorts. It's like a point-click adventure. And basically, the protagonist hooked up with someone after a night out and is now trying to piece together what happened that night. Did she have one too many drinks? Where is she? Who is this guy? And all that. And the whole thing is like this kind of rotoscope animation-styled point-and-click game. It kind of looks like uh, the art style Gum and Clive, for anyone who knows that uh, 3DS game. And you have all these branching paths with outcomes, but like the branches are like, do you stay for breakfast? Do you accept the croissant? Do you jump out the window so he never sees you again? Like it's the it's like the most interesting weird concept. Um, yeah, so I guess anything in a way could be a game or anything could be a movie. One of the stand games are on the rage nowadays. Uh, Catherine Full Body's coming out in, I think it comes out next month actually. Is that soon? Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was later in the year. No. It's coming out next month. I'm really excited about that. Oh, yeah. I love Catherine. That was one of the games I want to bring up, but Catherine didn't come out on a Nintendo platform. So. Yet. Surprised. Yeah, given Atlas's... It's Atlas, right? Given their support, yeah, it's it seems and strange. And even like Stranger... Actually, I don't think it's getting released out here in the West, but uh, Catherine Full Body, the enhanced version of, uh, of Catherine that released on the PS3 and Xbox 360 a couple years ago, is releasing on the Vita. Now? In the year 2019? Yes. Well, I think Full Body already came out last year. Oh. But, yeah, I got a release on the Vita. Huh. Wait, Full Body's coming out in the U.S. soon, right? Yeah, next month. Oh, well, wow, that's very soon. Yeah. Uh, but, like I said, I but I don't think it's coming out in the West on the Vita. Unless, uh... The Vita's basically dead. Even though it means life. it's been dead here. They officially discontinued production of it, or they're about to discontinue production of it. It died when you no longer got free games with it, with, uh, with uh, PS Plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. As far as anybody's concerned, that's probably when it died forever. I mean, it, it lives on in the Switch, let's be honest. The Switch is just a Vita, but better executed in terms of its library and in terms of its market attention and... Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's it's it, which is fine because when the Vita came out, came out, everyone's like, "Oh no, like it's not even a clamshell. Why would you buy that? Like it's all about the it's all about the 3ds." And now it's like, "Oh, the Switch is literally the Vita looks really nice though." As someone who owns a Vita, yeah, I man, I love that thing. It's somewhere under a drawer, oh, gathering mean? dust. Wait, is your Vita the one that the meme with the this like the the dusty Vita with the no, sad face? No, in but it? I did, but I did do that, and I did send it to a couple of friends. Oh, so you're 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 very close to being the meme. Um, yeah, weird weird games though. One more thing, one more game. That uh, sometimes which game? Uh, so sometimes there's games that are normal on the surface, like the new Cooking Mama, uh, Cook Star, that was just announced the other day. Uh, but then they get real weird in what they do. And this is a whole category we haven't really talked about. Like, like here, let me give you an example. If you go through the features of Cooking Mama Cookstar, it seems totally fine. It's the first ever Cooking Mama on a console. There are 90 new recipes. There's a two-player mode, a vegetarian mode. Great. Oh, and you have a uh, blockchain integration in a Cooking Mama game. <laughs> it just, I don't know why. As the, you would. As you would. Like, Nintendo... Because what Cooking Mama needed... Is blockchain. Is crypto. Was, a, was volatile... Uh, currency correct and it's actually nintendo life who pieced this together they dug up a previous uh, announcement from the publisher of this new cooking mama planet digital partners and it talks about how cooking mama and these two other games that they haven't yet announced are going to be leveraging the blockchain and what for well here's the empty buzzwords they put in their press release i it's too insane to not just read verbatim so get ready guys it'll say a whole lot of nothing are you ready here we go 
We are using blockchain to add new innovative gameplay that investors can now have equity in. Putting aspects of Cookie Mama on chain will take the user experience to a whole new level, reinvigorate a popular game franchise that many grew up with. Are we that old? Wait, wait, wait. And give investors an opportunity to make some handsome returns to a digital preferred share offering. That's my water here, Badger. Well, all right. Wait, hold on. So yeah. this this uh, this blockchain stuff, it's not within the game? Oh, but it is. Because here's what it actually means. So that all sounds like, oh, you're investing in it or whatever. It sounds right? like you were talking about like outside thought, investors. No, that's that's what, I thought that so I was investing in the Cookie Mario series with, with like – it's like, Bitcoin oh, man. No. The, Player A is getting really good at cooking in the streams. So, I better invest in him. So it's going to be a mix of stuff. Like, once you get into the negative oh, of their press release, what it actually seems to be... <laughs> so first, it's DRM management, which will actually allow for people who have the game digitally to privately resell it, and it'll transfer the rights over. So that that's arguably maybe kind of cool. Yeah, that, okay. Um, we'll give him that. But <laughs> yeah. why could and, Mama needed this? This is beyond me. <laughs> And, and one is that uh, there's another one that uh, I don't claim to be a blockchain expert here. But there's another one that somehow it will allow for every game to have slight variances and be unique in characters and ingredients, which I'm pretty sure you can just like do a randomization without blockchain. I think a lot of games have done it won't be that. true. Randomization. It won't be true random because it won't be through crypto. That's correct. But um, and it's also going to allow you to this is another good one. They will be able to monitor hashed as in privacy protected versions of the game when they're played online to make sure that no one's modified them in any way that gives them an advantage. Now, I'm pretty sure you can already see if games are modified. I don't know what privacy they're shielding from. There's no personal data, like your favorite recipe. Like, what are they hashing there? What is being hidden? I don't follow. (laughs) And lastly, this one's actually kind of interesting. Um, It will allow for players to get rewards both in-game and through outside events, which again... That's cool, but you can do that without the blockchain, unless it's giving you actual bitcoins or spitting out like Libro and why Facebook Cooking Mama. Up. I don't know. I think that's the worst part about this for me. Any other game, that one night stand game, yeah, Cooking Mama, <laughs> right? Like it's the most innocent like series that you can think about. I know, and and the, the thing I find so funny is excluding the DRM reselling. And by the way, it's not like the eShop even allows you to do reselling of your games or anything like that i don't even know if, what the eShop's gonna let you do with this but like what is it doing that i can't do without this like there's nothing here that cooking mama needs blockchain for that I couldn't do just through normal not blockchain code maybe this is just all part of the plan to drum up more sales because it's got us talking about it for longer than some of the other games so something worked but yeah it's just i like, you know, I thought the next cooking mom be like, oh, a new cuisine or, or like, oh, there's a cooking papa too. <laughs> the keto diet. Yeah, or introducing the keto diet. And it's like, nah, crypto. <laughs> so, I don't know. Here we are, crypto. And I think that's the perfect way to sum up the weird stuff or at least the bulk of the weird stuff. But like even the regular news had a nice sprinkling of weirdness in it. I mean, Nintendo kind of got in on it with uh, – they did two rounds of Pokemon Sword and Shield news uh, these last couple weeks. First, they confirmed that – the Galar region's gang-exclusive forms of Pokemon, much like Alola did in Sun and Moon. Uh, and they confirmed that there are some cool designs that are coming through that with the Galarian Pokemon. So there's Zigzagoon, Lununa, which is its evolution, and then the best of the bunch. You mean Lanoon? No. Oh, yeah. Wow, I can't read. I thought that was an A. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Wow. Man. I have notes. I still read them wrong. Um, but no, the best of the bunch, which I don't need notes for because it, it's seared in my memory. It's so great. Is wheezing, Galarian wheezing, 
I don't know. Oh, this, you're gonna be wheezing, all right. This, <laughs> this he, uh, like ignoring the like. Okay, does he look like a bong? Whatever, but ignoring that. It, the answer to that question is yes. By the way, it it is. But I, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't even notice that first because I don't partake in that. In that so movie, surprising, given them. But I really well, don't. Well, neither but. do I. But. <laughs> but no, I was gonna say I, I initially saw the. Um, so surprised they haven't given him like a third evolution for just to call him like choking. You know, weaving, yeah. choking, coughing. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty good. But as is, crown. his design is so good. Ignoring the bong thing. Like, his head has smokestacks that are top hats. His facial hair is also smog. Like, it's such a perfect hybrid. Like, generic British gentleman from the late 1800s and, like, 1800s British industrialization. It's so good. It's so clever. Even though it's actually not clever at all because it's really in your face. But it's just, oh, I love it so much. It's up there with a, a, a Lolan uh, executor in my mind. It's, like, a really good design. Yeah, design is, it is what it is, but fairy poison is very weird. It is, immediately, you can see how we approach Pokemon differently. As anyone that listens knows, I'm all about the Pokemon, you're like, about what it means for battle. Yeah, he has dragon immunity now, which is interesting. He also has a new ability that, that, uh, basically turns off everyone else's abilities. (laughs) No, yeah, that, that trailer was essentially, like, literally the only info I care about, like, just the new abilities, the new items, and all the competitive application, which is really cool. Yeah, which we'll get to, we'll get to in a few minutes, but... Yeah. yeah, losing that ability levitate. I don't know if it's worth it for the, that new one. But anyway, yeah, there, there's um, we'll, we'll get to all that. I mean, I, if if yeah, I'm kind of curious. Does that actually shake things up? His ability is that going to be impactful? Are people going to use we'll it? Just a talk about it now. It won't be that long. But yeah, go for it. So his new ability, it just it just shuts down all other abilities while right. he's on the field. So very good for doubles, but for singles, which I mainly play, it's not going to be that great because normally. Weezing has the ability to levitate, which makes it so ground type moves don't hit him, which usually kill him pretty easily. Mm-hmm. So it's like you are you always have an immunity versus now something that isn't really always going to play a factor in. I don't know. It seems like a step down, but but his know. design is a step up. Yeah, I guess like that doesn't count. That doesn't. That's not like one cancels the other. I'm just. It's a high step up. Not a high step up. It's a high step. Up. Oh, it is a high step up. Yeah. Then there's also um and and I don't know if they didn't reveal any of the zigzagoon lines um abilities, huh? Um, I don't think so. They instead, they, I guess, focused on the design. Might, yeah. But yeah, so yeah, the Galarian, the new, the new kiss, Lanoon. Yeah, Lanoon. seriously. So they they replaced the brown shades of zigzagoon and uh, Lanoon with the colors of British raccoons and badgers, which are black and white. In Japan, they actually are brown, and over here to black or over. In Britain, they're black and white, and uh, they then went one step further. And you already sort of alluded to it. They they gave him Kiss makeup, which I don't really understand why, because Kiss isn't British. Like Gene Simmons is Israeli American. He has no British anything. But regardless, there's now this new third form of Zigzagoon, uh, Obstagoon, right? And um, yeah, a lot of people are comparing him to Gene Simmons so much so that Gene Simmons, I love this, put out a comment saying he's flattered and that Pokemon has been part of his household for decades. I, I believe that. I do too. His kids. Yeah. But no, it's just kids. like, it's just, it's like, what a, what a timeline we I do like in. that this opens <laughs> the possibilities for the addition of evolutions. Yes. Besides just having a Galar form or a, a Lolan form. Kind yeah. of like how I was alluding to, like, I, I, would, like I wanted, like, Weezing to have an evolution, Choking. but instead he just got a Galar form. Like, I doubt right. he's going to get an evolution now. Right. But. Um, yeah, it, it's cool that they're like, because, yeah, I think even when Sun and Moon came out, you made a similar yeah, point well, that it'd be nice to they evolve. Yeah, and usually, like, I mean, like, the new stats... i got a question after this. Hmm. Oh, like, the new the new typings are greater and all. Like, a lot of the 
Alolan and Galar form, they're really there just to, just like Megastones, just to patch Pokemon. Like, they look at Pokemon that a lot of people aren't using. Right. They're like, all right, how can we spice them up just so they could be more viable? And here you go. Like, and a the lot answer of, is to make Weezing look like a man yeah, who like owns a lot an old of school Pokemon. hotel. Yes. Yeah, like a lot of Lolan Pokemon became really, really good. Executor was very underrated. And I think thing with Mega, like, I mean, no one yeah. but me cared about Pinsir before he got a Mega Stone. So that's kind of why they gave it to them. What was your question, Kevin? So the. Uh, the Alolan forms and the Galar forms, are those separate, like, evolutions? So they are the Pokemon you know and love, but they're separate. They're not evolutions. They're just separate versions. So they... But do they evolve into... No, they're separate. So you can they're have separate. a Rattata okay. and a Alolan Rattata. You can have a Weezing and a... By the way, it's Galarian, I learned. But... Not Ga- Galar. A Galarian Weezing. And they are separate parallel pokemon but they are technically the same it's kind of like so in the alola region yeah are there two types of executors or is it only just those the are there there's just the unless one. you bring them in from other games okay yeah. unless you yeah okay gotcha so it's, it's regionality it's it's um uh what's the galapagos islands but in pokemon gotcha like that, okay yeah so um but there are some new pokemon too that are being introduced it's not just the glarian ones they they introduced uh more Pico, more Peko, more Pico, whatever you want to call him. He's Pikachu, but Pikachu was a hamster and had weird little skin pockets to put his hands in, or fur pockets. He gets project. angry. Yeah, that, that. See, this one's interesting because, to your point, did the Pokemon change back and forth? This is, I think, the first Pokemon that does this. He will no. completely change. What other one changes form completely? Completely. Darmatan? Okay, I didn't think of that. Uh, anyway, Do so you know what I'm talking about? What? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, which is why I didn't think of it. No. <laughs> That's why I was like, yeah, I didn't think of that because I did. It works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I covered my bases. But yeah, so this is one of the few who actually will completely change forms like a cute little hamster and it's like an angry little hamster. No, yeah, they've done that a few times actually, just like through different. Like this one, it changes every time you use a certain move. There are some that, if there's sunlight out, it'll change its form and the, if there's, there's terrain. There's some that they get hangry. There's one which... that, if it goes under a certain amount of damage, it changes typing and looks completely different. Yeah. I mean,. I think the crazy thing about him. I mean, wishy washy. Remember wishy washy? I do remember. I remember the name. Unfortunately, I oh. yeah. Um, I one thing I do like, or not like, but one thing I was impressed by with all these new Pokemon being announced is not so much the Pokemon, but the reaction to Pokemon. Did you see that plush? Within a day, someone made a Morpeko plush that you can completely turn inside out, and it's the other form. In a day, who are these people? How are they so good at these things? I don't understand. But yeah, like fans are nuts. Yeah, the Pokemon fan base is. Really nuts, though. It is, it is, in a good way, yeah. And they also, in that same trailer, um, introduced a new job system. I don't know why Nintendo did this, both trailers. They announced stuff in the Japanese trailer that they took out of the U.S. and European trailer, only to then announce it on Twitter 20 minutes after the trailer comes out. I don't really understand the logic of that. But yeah, they announced a job system where, like, you go send your Pokemon off and they gain experience. Basically, basically you hit a menu option, they go gain experience on their own, then they come back with experience, and that's the whole... Hmm. But That's is it, it blank experience? Or I don't have know. To scrub they, their IVs I don't know. Later. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. For you, it doesn't make sense. But I well, think like could potentially. That's yeah, yeah. I, I think what I I mean, we'll get into the battle stuff in a second here. But I think for me, since it's more of the first trailer, which came first, um, I'm just happy to see how hard they're leaning in on the whole like Britishness of the Gallery region. Like when they first revealed the game, this was kind of my main wish was for them to really lean in. And now here we are with a wheezing with chimneys for top hats and. Zigzag Goon looking like a British Badger, and even like the new evil organization they revealed, Team Yell is like like this hybrid of British punk rock and like soccer hooligans, and like much like soccer hooligans, they follow around their favorite person. You have a, a um, 
a what's the word I'm looking for? A rival named uh, Marnie. Uh, Marnie. I don't know why I said it like that. Marnie. And every time she pops up in the game, there's gonna be a few hooligans in the background just like yelling and cheering her on and being obnoxious, which is kind of a funny little touch. But yeah, I just feel like that's really cool if they did that and are actually really leaning in. I think the only thing I would want them to still do in the Pokemon design perspective and a world building perspective is not necessarily be so on the nose with everything that's so British. Like maybe lean in on some of the like folklore stuff or like some more vague like there's British things there like like I mean Weezing has a top hat because he's British. It's like yes, gotcha. But there's like things they could do like references to like I don't know King Arthur, like medieval things, or like and they do have the 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 bird that looks medieval, like a knight. But I don't know. I just feel like there's some stuff they just a little more subtle. I'm very happy with what they've done. I just like I hope it's not all of that like Britain, 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 Britain. Has so. subtlety ever been Pokemon's strong suit though? Yeah, Alola didn't really feel like it was pretty subtle at all. But I think Alola worked... it literally had a hula hooping bird. I think Alola were yeah it's somewhere up there. That's right. true. That's true. I'm not hula hooping. They did the yeah, hula, 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 hula skirt. Hula skirt. Yeah. yeah, and you have Blossom back in the day who also has a hula skirt. Yeah, that's it. They, yeah. they went back into the well twice. That's true, Finally yeah. a Pokemon that I actually know. <laughs> you don't know Blossom from no, Gold I, and Silver? Yeah, that's oh, what I'm oh, saying. Oh, finally. I finally find me. Yeah, yeah. Now they're into Oricorio. I mean, yeah, I, I, I realize I'm talking about the same people that said, yeah, an ice cream cone, that should be a Pokemon. Yeah, I said keys, that should be a Pokemon, so... But, um, and we've talked about that on the show a million times over, the difference of opinion on that one. There's a Pokemon but that's literally a lay. There are multiple Pokemon that are literally refrigerators. Multiple. There are Pokemon that are literally <laughs> no, just literally no. letters. Oh. Uh, that's true. That's true. The it's, unknown. Remember, the refrigerator is Rotom possessing different things. That's right. So literally no. Which yeah. is one of the coolest things. Rotom is one of my favorites for sure. Rotom is everything now. He's your computer, your Pokedex. He's the one you send the Pokemon on jobs through. Yeah, Rotom. He's your, he's your uh, Indeed.com. Is that the little spark thing? Yeah, the, yeah. the orange. Yeah, he's also a drone, a camera drone in battles. He's... Jeez, um, they really like hit the goldmine with Rotom. I and, think someone and, and, and at Game Freak a, just loved Yeah, and there was a few like generations later because he came out in 4th gen. Yeah. And I remember like because I could never find a plushie for him or merch for Rotom. I was like, oh, like he gets no love. And then ever since he got used as a Pokedex and... Sixth gen, all of a sudden he's like in everything. He's the digital ditto, if you think about it. He does all the digital yeah. well, he could electronic anything, stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, he could put everything he does a vacuum like, fan, yeah. fridge, yeah. microwave. Yeah. Would you eat something that came out of a Pokemon's body like that? I mean, I assume that people eat Pokemon. Yeah, they eat Magikarp. Yeah, why not? No, but I was saying, like, would you, like, if you, like, would you eat something where you just opened the door of the Pokemon? Well, it's and a ghost, though. It's a ghost. It's possessing your microwave. I guess. Okay. I mean, that's not as weird. Yeah, yeah, it's an electrical. And thingy. yes, people do eat magic. I just wouldn't trust. Maybe it radiated the food too hot. I don't know. We had magic carpet once in Japan. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. The little, the little. Uh, the I little mean, I was not thing. there to see you. Oh. <laughs> eat magic carp. So as far as I'm concerned, you didn't. I have a photo carp. on Instagram that proves it. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I know what I did. But is the, we're gonna is have the to magic, go to Japan a third time. Is the magic carp yeah. in your mouth in this photo? It's in my hand. Oh, you're right. I bought it. I looked at it and I threw it away. I could see you doing that. I couldn't. <laughs> I'm. I feel like I'm more adventurous with food than even you are. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I would definitely eat the perfectly good pancake dough magic carp. That's totally safe to eat. Anyway. Oh, you had that magic carp. No, oh, we had real magic carp. What do you mean real? They're Pokemon. Wait. What do you mean real? They're Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Wait. You can't. You can't. Hey, moving on. Drop that. Moving on. Yeah. We... Uh, all right. Um. Well. Anyway. 
So that's the that's the Pokemon side of it, and apparently they're real and we can eat them. But the other side of it's of course the battle mechanics. And in a way, I kind of feel like that was the bigger stuff that came out was like the second trailer, the one that dropped with Pokemon Worlds this weekend. Because um, one was like, oh, here's all the cool cosmetic stuff, which is what I care about. And then the second one was basically the angel the angel video where it's like. Here's what you need to know about their moves. Here's what you need to know about the battle system. Here's what you need to know about online yeah, play. new moves, new items, the after effects of going Ultramax or whatever it's called. Right. Uh, uh, Dynamax. It, Dynamax. It's it's kind of nuts now. Like, just the fact that, like, certain types of moves while in Dynamax mode, like, cancels out or, like, gets rid of other effects or creates other effects. It's kind of like introducing what legendary only pokemon what legendary pokemon did Mm -hmm. which are typically banned even like by the game standard that you literally can't put them in your team and play online yep like it's now being introduced into the typical pokemon battle system which is really interesting so if anything it's a really really big shake-up and even like one of the items that just switches out your pokemon when escape room or the other one um i think i think it's eject eject pack oh okay the other one yeah the one where whenever you a stack gets lowered, you get to switch out a Pokemon. That mm-hmm. one, like, there's a lot of moves that, like, could kill Pokemon in one hit. And, but as soon as you use it, your stats go lower. So you could just, you know, have your Infernape use close combat, get weak, switch it out for something that could resist whatever they would presumably use. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think of the Battle Stadium system? It's basically what they've done before, but then it's also kind of a little more than that. Right? Refresh my memory. So the battle stadium system is their what they're calling their online play. So it comes in a few flavors like the old ones did. There's ranked where you can work your way up. There's um, – and in ranked you can't use legendaries, yeah. which is interesting because you're just making the point. Well, you sort of can through the dynamaxing. Uh, there's casual where you can use legendaries. There's going to be official competitions hosted by Nintendo in-game. There's going to be casual competitions you can set up with friends. But the, the new the new thing in ranked is they are not just how you be like a number. You can actually work your way through different tiers, which I don't think they've done before. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you start at the Pokeball tier and then you go through like level oh, one through ten. Cool. Then you keep going up and you that's, end up at Master Ball that's tier. That's more which like is super. It sounds like there. it's more in line with just other games. Like I know like yeah. Overwatch does that, Hearthstone does that, where you still like ranking, but you get to like oh I'm a diamond level, I'm a gold. And they're gonna have, from my understanding, whatever. they're gonna have seasons where things will not reset, but like oh, yeah, you'll have if you lose during certain time periods as seasons are changing or resetting your drop will be much bigger and things like that yeah, yeah. depending on how you play exactly. no that's cool it sounds like it's just making it's it like m- proper ranked play in pokemon it's like they actually care. care about the competitive side well it makes sense pokemon has a clear competitive side they're literally going doing the world championship right now in yep. dc yep like that's its own thing smash that's where brothers, came out in fact yeah smash brothers obviously it's a different story yeah and, and it's interesting because like they're still keeping some mechanics, but they're making they're streamlining them a bit. Like you'll be able to still rent teams to try, which is cool. But now instead of it being a QR code, you have to go like this QR code database and find it. You have to like save the image. It's just a code, the same way every game does it for custom things. I feel like we're getting very close. Like I feel like we're like eighty percent of the way much... to your dream of a battle simulation Pokemon game, because you can make teams, you can get teams, you have rankings. Yeah, like, it, it seems like this is what you've always it wanted. Takes a, yeah, because, like, it takes a while to test out the right composition of Pokemon. Yeah. Because typically, like, I mean, it doesn't apply to me as much as it does for other competitive people because I just, I'll just, if it's a Pokemon I like in design, I'll just find a way to make the perfect Pokemon right. version of that one. But it's 
does kind of suck to raise it a certain way and then realize, oh, I should have made it defensive instead of more offensive. So would the one piece you need to have your dream Pokemon game be just like you just plug in the stats and go? Like, just put me, like, in a little, like, quote-unquote, like, simulation room or simulation mm. battle where I could just plug in the stats. And go. <laughs> yeah, and go. And yeah. just see, like, all right, cool, this works out. Now I can actually invest the time to make the Pokemon like that because there's no do-overs. You just release it, and you're like, well, I guess I'm starting over. Right. Well, you know, one thing, kind of side note of this, one thing that caught my eye was they also announced there's going to be integration with the Pokemon Home app um, with the rank battles and all that like in the same way that the switch online app lets you see who you played in splatoon apparently you're going to be able to uh drill down into your previous online competitors information within the home app which is kind of cool so you can like social and email and all that stuff yeah you know gets their bank account their checking number all that no like all their team stats and it's not clear how deep it's gonna go so the pokemon i mean so the nintendo switch app won't that's what i'm about to say it's yeah it's not clear how deep it's gonna go but what I do seem to be reading from this is it's not in the Switch Online app. It's in the Pokemon Home app because they want you to buy into whatever subscription that is probably, which is dumb because, like, I know Game Freak makes Pokemon, not Nintendo. I know uh, – what's his name from Game Freak, the producer, actually had to, like, put out a statement. Like, remember, guys, it's Game Freak that makes Pokemon, not Nintendo. Everyone always thinks it's Nintendo. But, like, use the platforms that are already there. Like, the Switch Online app still, like, still – still feels super underutilized like sorry smash world you don't count it's not you're not that exciting because you can't actually like save things for later but that makes sense i mean otherwise we'd see i don't know we have seen a pokemon in mario kart 8 with the dlc if nintendo yeah nintendo owned pokemon like they do own pokemon well i mean like they're like like, like fully i mean they're like at what 51 percent or something um yeah, it's like enough, for them, it's enough they, for them to be a majority. But enough for to it to be not multi-platform, basically. I think even if they didn't own that much, it couldn't be multi-platform. There's like a weird IP web of mystery going on there. Like there's something Nintendo owns the IP but doesn't own the brand. I don't know. There's something like they own the copyright yeah, but they not mean, the IP because they're in Smash Brothers. They're like a you know they are a, still a, a key part of Nintendo. But any other time Nintendo characters play yeah. together. It, Pokemon is always excluded. Yeah, and they have to get like separate licensing for Smash. Yeah, it's it's, that's like, it's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah. But that's um, yeah, <laughs> that's just the weird na- nature of the beast, I guess. But um, yeah. So I guess there's nothing else about Pokemon. We could go on to our final bit of news, which uh, please everyone join me for a Jason Sales Corner. Won't didn't you? we just have one? So this whenever, one's a different. So whenever Jason Sales Corner comes up, I one image comes to mind, and it's. Money? Mike staring at the corner at the end of Blair Witch. That is the sales corner to me. <laughs> that is Jason's sales corner to I'll me. I'll take it. Listen, if, if I can evoke any emotional response. <laughs> if I can evoke anything. But um, yeah, so the sales corner this time, to your point, we did have Nintendo's numbers last time, but this time it's the latest MPD numbers. So that's U.S. sales for the month of July. And what's interesting about it is Nintendo killed it. Whoa. No, like I mean like Switch, okay, Switch again, top selling console as it's been all of 2019 thus far, number one uh, hardware. But on the software side, six out of the ten games on the chart were Nintendo's own first party releases. You're kidding. Over the, yeah, thank you for that enthusiasm. Do you see or hear that? Um, but yeah, the highest ranker on the list was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh. Came in at number two. Would have been number one if Madden didn't release a month early this year. It usually comes out in August. This time it's in July. So it took the top spot. Uh, but even then, Three Houses had the strongest debut of any Fire Emblem game ever in the U.S. That it, game got crazy word of mouth. It did. And like the, the sales tripled 
the previous launch month record, which and was Fire Emblem Echoes in 2017. They never fixed the cover, and it didn't hurt. So I guess we were all in the wrong for thinking Upside Down Claude was a bad idea. <laughs> but well, also um, that the blade wasn't right. No, the blade was right, it turned out. The way that the, 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 the lens flare thing, if you take it out, like someone lined it up and it actually works. It's it's the angle and the upside downness and the. I mean, the I feel flare. like it just shouldn't. It shouldn't be, be like that way. I, I yeah, it shouldn't be like that. I agree. Um, but yeah, so it, it now I top Fire Emblem Echoes launch month, which was back in May 2017. It even crazier already the number two selling Fire Emblem game in the U.S. ever, after like two weeks. Only one that surpassed it is, or only one that's still ahead of it is Fire Emblem Awakening. And Awakening, as you may recall, was the like final litmus tester series in the West. Like if it didn't sell well, the franchise was dead over here. And now we have three houses almost matching those lifetime sales in like two and a half weeks. It, it so. seems well deserved. So yeah, yeah. It's, might actually um, pick that up as well. I mean, they put in a lot of work in Awakening, and it's like, all right, let's see if this franchise still works. So let's actually make the best version we can of that franchise. I know we had had this conversation already with mm-hmm. other games they don't do that with. Yeah. But yeah, Dead Horse, blah, blah, blah. Bring back Chibi Robo property. Yeah, I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I feel like I know you're going to. That this. game. I love Chibi Robo. No, don't um, get me wrong, I do too. But but their I think litmus tip want Advance Wars back. No, yeah, I would take no, Advance no, Wars. No, yeah, I mean anything would be Chibi fine. Robo? But 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 their litmus test was like let's bring the Chibi Robo Ziplash. We're like, oh, we know. Oh you yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they keep bringing out Chibi Robo games. Well, but I shouldn't say keep. Chibi yeah, Robo. they brought like two games on the 3ds, and they were like yeah. nothing. I'm sure someone at Nintendo's like, listen, like no, Nintendo Chibi Robo Zip, Chibi Robo Ziplash, like that's bound to do. I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening, they didn't have feet. Chibi Robo Ziplash for making a more accessible platformer. Like, clearly, if that did well, this can do well. I mean, how did, did Hey Pikmin do? Not well. Yeah. It did okay. Actually, I don't know. Nintendo never put out any numbers, which makes me think Beyond the well. announcement trailer, like, it's like we... It wasn't pla- bad. I enjoyed no, the no, demo it, at Comic-Con, but I never bought the game because no, yeah, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm sure it's a fine game, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that no, that one I get. That one was trying to hook in kids with Hey Pikmin. So when Pikmin Four eventually comes out, they'll be like, "Oh, I loved that uh, that one game. I want to play a bigger version." Well, they're going to be surprised. Well, not really. Think about it. Hey Pikmin is just a two D version of Pikmin. So if you swing it three D, it's like going from Mario's World to Mario sixty four. Kind of. I mean, it had the same basic it's mechanics. Linear. I mean, yes. Well, yeah, but if anything, it's just a reskin Kirby's Mass Attack. Yeah, kind of. But it had enough there that I think if they're a little kid, they'll Pikmin, I guess I'll give grow that. into it. <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the craziest thing about those Fire Emblem numbers, by the way, I forgot to mention this, is that we're only talking strictly physical sales, which is true of all of Nintendo's big performers this month, anything on the MPE chart. But um, what's, what's insane is like if, if you look in Japan, Fire Emblem has been number one on the eShop. It was number one for 35 days from when it went up for preload on July 6th until August whatever, 35 days later, the 9th, I guess. Um, and it was number one that whole time. So I can only imagine those numbers are similar here. And if that's the case, like it probably has surpassed Awakening already in just two weeks, which is pretty cool. But beyond uh, beyond just like Fire Emblem on the charts, in the number three spot was uh, Mario Maker 2, second strong month for it. Uh, game continues to do really well, and, and you know the course count keeps growing. I think they're at 5 million uploaded courses now, which is a crazy number. Um, and then right behind that, number four on the chart was another big July release, which was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Now, Nintendo had two really big releases a week apart. They they published Ultimate Alliance 3? They did. They funded it, too. It wouldn't have happened without them. Um, Team Ninja is such a weird choice for that game, though. It is. Apparently, it worked well, though. They I mean, yeah. Well. So. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like, like, 
Ultimate Alliance had a well, well one to your Team Ninja point. Nintendo likes working with Team Ninja for reasons I they like working with Tecmo Koei for reasons I don't quite understand. Like the games aren't bad, it's just like I don't know why they're always like Tecmo Koei. It's all you or Koei Tecmo, I should say. Uh, like you know the Fire Emblem Warriors games, KT, the Hyrule yeah, Warriors right. games. What? No, yeah, 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 it's yeah. KT. Um, what else? Uh, they've done a bunch with them. Ninja Gaiden. Nintendo First published Ninja Soda Gaiden on Wii. Scramble is a Koit? It is, yeah. Metroid because I think Other M? Metroid Other M was them as well. Like, I don't know what their obsession is with Koei Tecmo. They make fine stuff. Like, I really like Other M. I like They're all They're probably really games. cheap. It's probably that, with, or, like, they like, mesh not well. To, not to, uh... Not to just not, them, yeah, not to or, just or they just take orders well, or know. they just mesh well with the producer from Nintendo, and he gets along with them very well, and they take orders well, or who knows? Yeah, you know who but... else took orders well? Hitler. All right, keep going. He he gave orders. That's the joke. Oh, oh. Anyway, Marvel. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I feel like uh, Marvel had a lot working for going for it because now I was the game like well received, but. Well, one, there's just the general Marvel frenzy of our culture now. Like, you know, Endgame was only a few months ago. The popularity around that is so big. But also the specific timing of Ultimate. I don't know how intentional this was. Or Ultimate Alliance, I should say. But it's it's, it's really interesting to me that it coincided so perfectly with Comic-Con. Which, you know, Comic-Con was huge for Marvel this year. They had the, the Phase 4 announcements in Hall H. They had comic book announcements. They had TV show announcements. There was like, it was a big Marvel year. It's probably the, Marvel was probably the biggest news story out of Comic-Con this year. And they, you know, part of that news was a lot of like, um, oh hey, we're we have X Men again, and we, you know, we're not integrating them yet, but we have the rights to X Men again, and we're gonna make a new Blade movie, guys, isn't that cool? We're gonna bring a uh, who who's playing Fantastic Blade? Four. Uh, Mar, Mar, I, Mar, 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 uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I don't either. Ali. Mar It's uh, Prowler. Marshall Ali. What? Prowler. Prowler. Yeah, he voiced Prowler in. Uh, oh yes, he did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they did all that, and it's kind of like, oh, all these people are like, oh, cool, Avengers are integrating with all these other characters in three years. And then, meanwhile, Nintendo's but like, that also mean Avengers hey. won't be integrating with them because the whole point is for them to replace the Avengers? No, but the idea that they're no, integrating no, into no, MCU. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. but And so that's years from now, right? And there's all this hype around all these characters that Avengers haven't had that they now have. And then the whole time, Nintendo's standing there holding up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and going... Or you can do it right now. Like, they had all the attention on all these characters at just the right moment for the game to launch. I don't think that was obviously the main reason it sold well, but it was certainly contributing, right? Like, it had to have helped. If you're excited about Blade joining the other characters and then Blade's announced that same weekend as DLC for Ultimate Alliance 3, that's not a coincidence. I can also imagine people being like, hey, I'm going to Comic-Con, let me buy a comic book game right now. Ultimate Alliance on the Switch on the best portable... Yeah, although that's only 130,000 people that would do that at most. But, yeah, I get, I get your point. Yeah, there's certainly that subset of audience yeah. that will do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, really well-timed and really good exposure. And, like, you've got yeah, – obviously, you've got credit exposure. Like, that's what does a lot of this. Like, Nintendo was the top gaming brand when it came to advertising spend in July. Something like 300 million impressions off their ads throughout the month online, on TV. Um, and it – obviously, that drives stuff, but I feel like there was more than that that day. Because, like, Smash Bros. Smash Bros. is number seven on the chart this month. And obviously there was Evo a few weeks back. Yeah, we already Evo, talked about MK uh, Leo and Tweak. Smash Con. Exactly. There's yeah. Smash Con. And then like going forward, like Nintendo seems to be kind of just like, oh, hey, people watch Smash and that's a way to get more sales. Because now they announced, I think Thursday, that they're teaming up with a, um, E-League to air a three-part series showcasing June's Nintendo World Championships that were at E3 
with behind the scenes footage and kind of more of like a, almost like a 30 for 30 ESPN style vibe. And they're going to air it. This is the crazy part on CBS, which is huge. Like granted it's on a Sunday in the middle of the day. It starts August 25th for anyone, anyone that wants to watch. And there'll be one a week later and one week after that. But still we're talking network TV, not cable on the biggest network on the biggest network. network yeah. And Nintendo's got them airing smash bros. Like that is really interesting to me because that's a huge marketing opportunity without actually being a marketing opportunity because it's, it's basically like watching a, it's a sport. That's why people are watching. But there's going to be so many people that check it out like, oh, maybe I should get the Smash Bros. game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, really, it's really clever. It's actually really interesting that CBS in general is really starting to dabble in gaming a lot more. Um, they This is actually their second year doing stuff with Nintendo. But um, this is the first was Smash, I believe, at least Smash Ultimate, since it didn't exist. But besides that, CBS All Access, which is their streaming service, um, they're doing a documentary and a limited TV series based on the book Console Wars, which is all about the rivalry between Sega and Nintendo in the 90s. Wasn't this announced forever yes. ago? So Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are producing it. Yeah. They produce a ton of stuff now. It's like, you know, most people think Seth Rogen, there's like, oh, the guy goes like, oh, and does like, yeah. comedies he produces preacher the boys on amazon um it's like a huge list of stuff but uh yeah they announced a long time ago they were going to make a good series boys? or no yeah. the boys no, oh and no, good boys good yeah. Boys, yeah yeah he did that movie too um but yeah they announced a long time ago they're going to do something with this try and make a movie out of it it somehow has evolved into a full-length documentary and a limited TV series that will be directed by the director of Kong, of Kong Skull Island, who himself is a big gamer. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Vogt, Vogt Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. And like CBS is just putting the bill on all this. But it's, it's just interesting how CBS, like the old... The network that has the demographic that's usually considered like the oldest is now like, oh, let's young, let's young it up. Let's just get a whole bunch of video game stuff. And now they're going like all in. Well, I feel like CBS, CBS All Access... The skewer a little bit oh, younger yeah, yeah. with uh, Star Trek Discovery, Twilight Zone, Twilight Zone, which I still have yet to. I see. I have to watch that too. Yeah. I'm excited. And, for, uh, I'm still catching up with Black Mirror. I just did the uh, the virtual reality video game episode, the new season. Oh, from uh, I'm trying to say the fighting game where they go into the fighting oh, okay. game. I haven't seen that episode. Uh, I, won't I thought spoil you were talking about the other one. No, no, no I won't spoil it. Uh, it's, it's good. It's it's like it's funny because they're like playing it on like you could tell the props are like it's like oh they're using PS4 controllers and they put a Switch cartridge into the controller. That's the it's, one with uh, Anthony Mackie, right? Yes, yeah. that's that one. It's good. It's good. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of cool to see like this happen. I mean, I... Brokeback Mountain one? What? Anthony Mackie Anthony was not... Anthony Mackie? No. No, Falcon on in MCU. Avengers. Oh. Falcon. Yeah. No, I wasn't even about the actor, but the show you were talking about, the episode. Brokeback... Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. Yeah. Brokeback Ma- Mountain's... Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that is subtle, yeah. I don't think we spoiled anything for anyone, but that's spot on. <laughs> okay, um, yes, that one. All right, that one. Now I know what you're talking about. All exactly. Right. Yeah, I didn't but... know it by name. I'm like, wait, I know this premise. Yeah, so... that was that was smooth. Anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited for this show. I'm like one. I like a lot of what Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg do. I don't think I've ever been disappointed by something they produce. But um, yeah, it's just cool because like one, it's ripe for the '90s, like the '90s revival right now. So doing a show about the '90s is gonna be big. But two, like it's basically American Crime Story or one of those sorts of shows, but about Mario and Sonic <laughs> instead of OJ, which is perfect. <laughs> like, it's, you don't need a Bronco chase; just have like Genesis does what Nintendo don't, and I'll watch it. Like it's fine. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for that one. And it, you know, again, it's gonna give Nintendo exposure in a way. Granted, more old school, but if Nintendo were say 
trot out Super Nintendo games for Switch Online around the time this show comes out. They kind of get that. And when the show's over, you're totally going to forget that you even subscribed to CBS All Access and you're going to keep your subscription. <laughs> exactly. So everyone wins. Except I'm. We Except win. you and your wallet. Except my wallet. Except your wallet. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, actually the, the Super Nintendo thing, I didn't even have this as part of the thing, but um, it just popped in my head. FCC has a Super Nintendo controller that's wireless that works with the Switch in its in its uh, database. Super Nintendo games are coming soon to Switch Online. Like Nintendo's gotten the authorization to sell this controller. Super Mario World. So yeah, maybe, maybe maybe if I wait like a couple more weeks, my guess is they're gonna do it on the one year anniversary of um, Switch Online. So probably next month. But I think I'm oh, still I'm still gonna, gonna be play cutting it. it nope, I'm still gonna yeah. play it on. The, <laughs> I'm still gonna play it on my little mini Super Nintendo on the classic edition. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something like, "Well, you know what? I love this game so much that I'll still beat it within even the tinier time frame or something." No, because like then you're gonna be like, "Okay, fine, beat it by next week," and I'll be like, hey, "No." I keep so. forgetting you're doing it in September. I keep thinking you have the end yeah. of the year. But. but anyway, yeah. So that that's um, the MPD. Oh, I guess it, it, just to bring closure to everyone, the rest of the Nintendo top ten on the MPD, um, the old standbys, Mario Kart eight was number nine, Breath of the Wild was number ten. Even if you look at other platforms, though, Nintendo basically was all but two games. There was Minecraft at number five. There was Mortal Kombat 11, which is now the top-selling game of 2019 uh, at number eight. So, Which version? Or just all of them? All of them combined. Oh. These are all the SKUs combined. So there are... I'm sorry, how many games was that? Ten. Right? ten. The, the top ten was Nintendo had six first-party, eight on their platform. The only ones that were on the list... The, the only ones on the list that weren't on their system was number one, which is Madden, and number six was GTA five somehow still man gta i know it's insane wow. how well it does it's because gta online is like a thriving community so <laughs> the best gaming community ever but I, no one knows <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah and it was thanks to all these new releases and nintendo doing this well um all these big performers that game software sales actually went up year over year by 34 percent, which is a lot from uh, 253 million to 340 million during a month that's normally dead hardware went down Actually, hardware was flat. The whole in- hardware went down twenty two percent. The industry was flat as a result. Accessories went down twelve percent, but software is just through the roof. Um, although, fun fact: number one selling uh, accessory, the Switch Pro controller, which makes sense when a bunch of people have all these new Switch games to play. Um, actually, Switch accessories in general seem to be doing super well because it's the hot system. Everyone needs to buy stuff for it, um, which I'm sure is great news for companies like Genki, who. They're the ones a couple episodes ago I was talking about their Bluetooth adapter for headphones. Yeah. You can, yeah. And uh, they – it's cool. I like it. And in the time since, they have launched a new Kickstarter for a different type of accessory. It's a super portable Switch dock. It, it's actually kind of wild. Like how it works is they're calling it the convert, the covert dock. And basically it's a USB-C charging brick like you would plug into a wall. But it is also – Is that that thing that keeps getting advertised? On, yes. I mean like on Instagram and Yeah, YouTube. probably. Well, you're targeted. It's, so probably, It's yeah. like they plug it in on some airport and they're like, oh, here's an HDMI cable. Yep. And then they put it on the TV and it's like – I guess That's it. The, all the dock innards are on a thing the size of a normal plug that yeah, you charge like your phone you, off yeah, of. Yeah, like what you put in the wall. So instead yeah. of carrying your switch charger, instead of carrying your dock, you carry this little thing and it has enough plugs to plug in your, your – uh, console to charge and plug in hdmi to send it out somewhere else and it works not just with switch apparently but anything that I can do a display out i would consider potentially getting that because i do take my switch around a lot but it's also the dock itself i mean i just keep the switch in the dock and put that in my backpack yeah so... but like imagine if you could just like oh yeah i guess you take your backpack anyway but for people yeah. that just want like to have a small carrying case like i have if i, I were to carry i mean it i guess like if i'm like at a convention and then there's like a free tv and i'm like hey yeah i could play smash brothers on this right now 
And that would be totally something you'd do. Is like, oh, is is this a Smash Brosable TV? Oh, it sure is a Smashable TV. But um, yeah, it's and it's not even like it's really small. Like it literally fits in your pocket. It's not even. It's gonna be sixty bucks, which all things considered, that's cheaper Whoa, than. Oh, that's cheap as hell. I yeah, thought it was gonna be way more. No, expensive it's than sixty that. bucks. Fifty if you do the Kickstarter, but it's sixty bucks, which is you know thirty bucks less than the dock Nintendo sells, and that doesn't include a charger. Um, and yeah, the thing is taking off. Like in 40 minutes, it hit its stre- its, its uh, initial Kickstarter. Man, goal. What did they throw in there? Like we somehow made it work with the Switch Lite. <laughs> well, I mean, could you imagine? Like minds would be blown. But it does work. With, like it the, does work with it's Macs like the hardware still in there. And Nintendo and... just literally made it off or just turned nah, it off. Nah, they would just leave it on in that case. I mean, normally that is a Nintendo move, but they're also so cost cutting that yeah. But um, yeah, like apparently the first couple months worth of Switch hardware units um, have this. Something in their hardware itself that makes it hackable and people have been able to mod them. Yep. But I guess ever since then, they've removed yep. that part. So I guess if you have one of those old Switches, I guess you could still mod They're it. They're going to be valuable. Very valuable. Also, if you bought a How Switch... How does one figure out if they have that kind of Switch? <laughs> I'm sure it's like the model number. Um, Friendly uh, reminder to everyone listening at home, we do not endorse or no, encourage no, no, no. modding not. your Switch I'm because sorry, I don't that. want... To if have you to brick? be sued because we told you to do it. No, because we don't want you, you to brick it. your six, your switch accidentally. No, I just care about my well-being. I don't care about that switch. I'm kidding. I care about every listener's switch deeply. Um, but the thing I was gonna say is the the Kickstarter is like blowing up for this thing. It already met its goal. I think I already said in 40 minutes. But since then, they want fifty thousand sure bucks. If I go on Instagram right now, it'll pop up. I bet well. But they want fifty thousand bucks. They've raised over nine hundred thousand. It's Whoa. it's doing really well. It's the fourth best-selling yeah. piece of gaming hardware ever, and it's still going. On Kickstarter, I should say. <laughs> so, yeah, like, and since it's USB-C, it works with, like, anything. Where did Kinky come from? They are a company called Human Things, I believe, and they just make accessories. Human I don't really things. know. Like, Genki's, like, a brand within them. I don't really know the backstory. I could ask them. I do have their contact. If I'm like, hey, love your stuff, but, like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, they're, you, they're just, just came out of nowhere. And they like. make really quality stuff. That's, what's, uh, that's it. like, the only reason I'm bringing up, like, is the fact that the, the Bluetooth thing was so good and this is such a cool idea that I felt like I, I can't see it going wrong. I mean, I guess it could. Something could go wrong, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be cool. Um, oh, there it is. And I think, like, it just demonstrates, like, this thirst for Switch accessories that, you know, the Switch Pro Controller showed, too. So so that's pretty much it. Um, it's truth where it is for, right now. Oh, it's pretty much at where you said. Yeah, I checked the number before I came over. Oh, it's literally going up as I speak. Really? What's that right now? Um, 337? Or is that the same number you said? Wait, what? 960,337. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, only $300. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much MPD, but what was I starting to say? Oh yeah, while we're on the topic of good ideas in the industry, because this is a good one, props to Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony for all agreeing to require loot box odds to be disclosed. It's not totally random anymore. I mean, it took the ESA being dragged into a meeting with the FTC to make this announcement happen. And they're two years behind Apple forcing all iOS apps in 2017 to disclose these rates. But, like, at least they're finally doing it. So, now, is it just for their games or for every game on their platform? My understanding is by 2020, end of 2020, all games on Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation will need to disclose their odds gotcha. percentages okay, in that's order. Cool. Yeah. But here's the funny thing. I did find it kind of amusing that um, the platforms are mandating it, but not all the publishers in the ESA have committed to it. So we did get Activision, Blizzard, Bandai, Namco, Bethesda, I have the list, Bungie, Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, Take-Two, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, and interestingly, Wizards of the Coast all being like, yes, we will support this. 
I'm but, surprised Take Two decided. Yeah. yeah but there's been zero word from 505, Capcom, Deep Silver, Disney. Uh, I'm just skipping around now. Gearbox, Gung Ho, Konami, Natsume, Rebellion, Riot, Sega, Square Enix, Tencent, Marvelous, NCSoft. So, Can I see that list real quick? Yeah, I skipped a couple, like in television, because I'm sure everyone cared about a television stance. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of like this cool thing where the industry's. I mean, it's not cool. It's a scam. The practice is a bit scammy to begin with, but just kind of like this this um, nice gesture towards making it right that they're sort of being forced to do. I mean, we we talk we've talked about loot boxes on the show, but what, what's your whole take on them, Kevin? Because you probably deal with them in Overwatch and stuff. Yeah. Right? Uh... I personally have no issue when the game gives you enough currency, in-game currency, to be able to get a like loot box for free. Mm-hmm. Or not even that, but the way that it worked in Overwatch is that uh, you open up a loot box and four items will come up, whether it just be uh, skins, sprays, uh, little lines that the, that the uh, heroes will say. Mm-hmm. But if you get a repeat, you get coins so that then you could buy. What's the rarest thing? Because you get all the characters, right? You don't have to, like, roll for a character, right? No, no, no. no. That's yeah, true so, of a lot so. of loot boxes and consoles where it's mostly cosmetic stuff or weapons, well, not characters. Because as, as much as I like Brawl Stars, that's one thing it does. In consoles. Loot, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. But, um, I mean, I guess, like, Hearthstone is kind of the same thing. But you have to hope you get the good cards. But I guess well, you that, that, it up, that's also a little different, which is why I found it interesting. No, no, but, they, the but, coast is on but kind of like what you yeah, said, like they do TCG give you, they, they, yeah, do, exactly. they do give you enough currency in there to literally make any right. card and to like get fifty packs whenever a new expansion comes out for free. Right, right. Yeah, I have, I have no, no qualms with with that kind of stuff. But there, there are some, some really shady, shady loot boxes out there. Yeah, like, like the ultimate team stuff for 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 FIFA or mm-hmm. or uh, NBA Two K. It's like the sports games, really. Yeah, the ones with the most is, casual the, players that will be like most duped. Weird, yeah, it's... It... Unfortunately. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I do think it is nice the industry as a whole is moving away from that a little, though. Like, besides this... Yeah, besides this, though, like, uh, Rocket League, they're dropping loot boxes. I mean, granted, that's because Psyonix uh, was bought by Epic Games, but nonetheless, they're dropping loot boxes from Rocket League almost immediately, which is cool. Um, and I imagine more... Like, if... To back that up, if people don't know, Epic Games doesn't do loot boxes. They took them out of Fortnite a couple, like a year ago or two years ago. So now Psyonix is falling suit because they're owned by them. But um, like, I can't think of a single game that Capcom would make like do loot boxes for. Oh, you're, oh yeah, you're looking at the list. Yeah, yeah. the um, console game, probably. Monster. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Tappen. Uh, mobile, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Square Enix. Yeah, for for mobile games, mm-hmm. probably not. But yeah, I play a lot of Destiny, and Bungie does have uh, loot boxes, but. I, I mean, to be fair, they can keep having loot boxes. They just have to loot, somewhere list loot the boxes, odd rates. As far as like, as long as you're spending actual money, right, or any kind of like loot box. Any stuff. loot box in a game, because oh, because so, so that's even, interesting. So even no, not, I don't know. Yeah, because because yeah. with that count like drop rates, because like in Monster Hunter, whenever you kill a monster, it's like all right, cool. I just want the Rathian scale. That is an extremely but good question. You carve it up, and you'll get no Rathian scale. Sometimes you have to kill like a hundred of these things just to get that one thing, and then your friend gets it like in their first attempt. That's a very good question. I'm trying to load the article do, right now. To will see. we actually get to finally know like the drop rates of that thing, or will that go against their, I guess. The spirit of the game because I guess well, no, because you paid that. paid loot boxes. Okay, I mean, okay. That, yeah, okay, okay, so right. yeah, because that would also affect like Mario Kart. 
the grand away. You have to know like, oh, the where are the odds I'm going to get yeah. this paraglider, parasail? Uh, well, Mario Kart's weird because like, you consistently get something every 50 coins Yeah. until you unlock everything. Yeah. Nothing is more rare than anything else. It's just a matter of when you'll get it. But you'll ev- eventually get it, I guess. Right, right. Well, we'll right. see how this goes. They said they're going to do it by 2020, and then they very quickly be were like, thing. well, by the end of 2020. So they're already trying to move the goalposts a bit. Yeah. So we'll see, but it's it's progress. I mean, any and, regulation of it is a good thing. Yeah, I think, I think it's a good thing. And it's and it's kind of nice that we didn't have to, the government didn't have to get involved. Yeah, before, it's, the, before it's self-regulated. the FTC got yeah, involved. Yeah, it's self-regulated. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that pretty much does it for news, but we, we've all been playing stuff. Um, also a bit weird, some of the stuff we've been playing. Like, you, you Angel, you've been playing um, a dual-hand disaster tracker, right? Track her. Track her. It's 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 one word, so it's tracker, but it's track her. Yes, and yeah. duel is D U E L, not A L, because it's like a fight, but it's also like two of them. Yeah, this I'm game. Um, <laughs> I mean, I really like it, but there's. I don't know. It's a it's a pretty strange game. It has it does both a lot to try to help you get comfortable with it. Like the creator has put a lot of tutorial videos that I would really really recommend watching, because if you just try to play it outright. You're not really gonna know what to do, let alone even like get the game started. Um, but like, they, but it does explain like what you have to do in the videos, and maybe it's just my version or something's up. But one of the buttons on the control was, I guess, mislabeled. Like something crucial to the game. Like essentially, you're controlling like in the tutorial. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll I'll get to it when it becomes relevant. But essentially, the game you're controlling two different ships. On one on the left side of the screen, and one on the right side of the screen. On the left side of the screen, you're just moving a ship left and right and there are these enemies that come towards you from the top and you're just shooting up at them and you're killing them when you kill those enemies you get you drop a part well no you don't drop a part you drop like they drop like a module on the left side of the screen which controls like in the 3d space you can move all 100 360 degrees you go over that part and then you absorb it and then once you absorb it it drops an upgrade pack on the left side of the screen that you can pick up and it's kind of like an end of cycle Mm-hmm. But every time you're firing, every time you fire bullets or you move around, that side loses energy, which means you have to collect parts on the right side to give energy to the left side. Mm. And there are other parts that you collect on the left, on the right side of the screen to power up that ship simultaneously, because any enemy that you don't kill on the left side will appear on the right side where they can actually kill you. And as you upgrade your ship, you start getting more abilities. Like you get to fire a BFP, which is basically like an EMP wave. You get to speed boost, you get to create a little shield, you get to slow down time. And the object of the game is just to get the highest score possible and then leave with your score. Because if you die, your score just becomes zero. On top of that... It's very ha- unforgiving. <laughs> on top of that, if you manage to create a high score um, and you decide, oh, I'm going to try for a better high score. If you die, you actually lose your placement in the leaderboards. Because like it's pretty much like a... A constant either it's like all or nothing like all right i'm guess i'm never playing the game again because you got such a high score or you're actually going to risk your number one spot which right which is a really interesting mechanic because yeah games it's cool are just, i mean yeah yeah stats. i like that the the part that was kind of getting me for a while and was that every four minutes on the right side of the screen there's like a firewall like a literal firewall and it kind of looks the way you would expect the firewall to look inside a digital space because the game it looks like it was made using a uh, minecraft mm. like everything's all like voxels and as the fire closes in you have to go to the center of the map 
and you have to fire off a BFP wave, like an EMP, and then the wall would just recede, and then you have to wait another four minutes for the wall to come back. So every four minutes, the wall's going to torment you, and which point you have to collect all the parts you need so that you can get extracted. But to fire off the BFP wave, it says that you have to double tap the R button, and I would like double tap the R button like crazy and like nothing would happen. And eventually I found out that I have to double tap ZR. But That's easy a patch though. No, yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. simple patch. It's just like, it took me a while because I kept thinking I was doing it wrong. And I kept like mashing all the buttons. I'm like, I don't know which one it was. And eventually I figured out it was ZR. But I mean, it's just like a simple mislabeling. Yeah. On the I mean, it, it's fine because that, it, like the... But that's like a crucial thing. Like we yeah. never got past that first Has firewall. Has this been, uh, it's what's called? No, has this been addressed to the developer of the game? Like, do you have any knowledge of it? Mm, not that I... I mean, it just came out on the Switch, so it could just be, like, a Switch thing. Because I've seen yeah. people playing it. Because the game has been out since, like, 2017. Yeah. No, no, it hasn't. It just came out recently. We demoed it in 2017. Oh, well, I don't know. We played it at E3, like, two years ago. And we do have the developer's email, so I will let him know in case he doesn't. Yeah. Well, I guess I've seen, like, like a footage of people playing online. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's existed on other systems. Yeah, like on Steam or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I that's like, on Switch. I mean, Sorry. I know my the bad. game's existed since like 2017. Yeah, 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 my bad. And people never really seem to have trouble launching off that BFP. Like, until like I figured out that it was the wrong button. Um, another way to f- launch it off is to use your boost and max out the boost so that it overheats and then it launches off a BFP. Mm-hmm. But I had to like time that so that I would let it go right in the center of the stage. So, so wrong button aside, how's the um, mechanics wrong, feel? No, no, wrong button aside... Um, because, I mean, then that becomes a non-issue once you know where it is. It's a really, really fun game. Because it's just a lot of, like, just micromanaging. Just like, all right, this left side is getting too crazy. You got to address that over there. But then you also have to dodge stuff on the other side. And I love those kind of games. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I'd really recommend it. It's You could tell, like, it was, like, a passion project. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, love and attention to detail everywhere. Like, I, mm-hmm. I love that he has, like, random B-roll footage of himself just playing in the background of the title screen. Oh, really? I mean, it might <laughs> that's be actually it. really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, like one of them is just like him on his desk, and he's just like, "Hey, come over here!" Like, just talking like to, I guess, a friend or something off screen. I don't yeah. know. It, it's that's actually really cool. Like, I don't know, it looks like he had like a blast making it, and it kind of go, like it flows. In, yeah, and and it shows into the game because like it feels very like everything is just nice to control. Like everything's very smooth. Everything's responsive. Everything. I mean, it's challenge. It gets as challenging as you want it. The only thing you have to remember, I guess, that. As far as I know, it wasn't explained anywhere in the videos. Um, when you start, there's like a teardrop-looking icon that has a 1, and you can change it to a 1, 2, or 3. And What's that signify? So, this is where I guess it gets a little interesting. So, if you start at 1, it's like you're starting like at base level with no power-ups. Like You're starting from the very beginning. Okay. Um, when, you beat, when, you beat the, when you extract yourself and you started playing from 1, it asks you, do you want to continue? Essentially, do you want to, like, See if you could improve yeah, your yeah. score. And then you'll start with the two teardrop, which means that the left side already starts like already upgraded and you pretty much continue where you left off. But you can also do that from the get go in the main menu. And then three, pretty much you start even more upgraded and everything mm-hmm. is just you could think of them as difficulties. Mm-hmm. But if you play if you start a game in one and you make it to two, you can choose to keep going or you could just also decide again, nope, I'm gonna stick with the score and I'm not gonna risk going to a harder level. So, I mean, there's that. Because we were confused. Like, the first time we played it, like, with my brother and a friend, like, we, we started in the ones, but then Oversight then he switched it to two, but we didn't realize that. And we were confused, like, why does he have more abilities? Why is this? Why is that? And then we were wondering, like, why it's even an option. But 
I guess once you get good at the game, you're probably just always going to start at three, right. or maybe at one and just build your way up there. Just sort of the ramp. I mean, up. it's kind of like I haven't figured out what the best strategy is to get the highest score because that's pretty much the, right. what you want to do. I mean, but I you also don't want to risk it. Cool. Yeah, that kind of makes sense actually to do it that way because, like, if you're a game that has levels, you just progress through the levels and they get notably more difficult. You know, there's the oh, yeah. difficulty curve, but how you do that when it's something like this and the way it's, it's you it's just add definitely... a toggle to slowly build your I mean, own. It's difficulty. one player. There's no way to play with other people, but right. it's also. Oh, it's really cool. I wonder if um, it'd be cheating, obviously, but I guess if you play with a, with two Joy Cons, you could probably give one to one person, one to the other person, and then that's the way you can make a co op. Yeah, but that's true with the game I was playing. Too, it sounds like a really good uh, high score game to play with your buddies. Just oh yeah, yeah. like especially like once they figure out like the mechanics of the firewall, it's it's a really good game. Um, the only other thing that um, I don't know if um be best I guess is to send them an email just like besides the the controller switches I'm sure he'll hear about soon enough mm-hmm. but he probably the, did honestly. the only other thing is just um I guess the base volume I guess that's like an issue our podcast had at some point but uh, like so hopefully this episode so like Sam thinks Smash <laughs> Brothers at normal sounding volume <laughs> we'll see yeah. like like say we're playing Smash <laughs> Brothers with normal sounding volume and then we switch to a dual hand like dual hand disaster tracker all of a sudden, it'll be like, like super loud, and you have to like lower the volume. Uh, oh, that's the opposite of our problem. So it's Ours like, was too so it's like, low. So this is like, too high. yeah. So this one's like way like louder. Yeah. And but then, yeah, then you have to like put the volume down, and then you have to put it back to normal. So that's just kind of that. so. So the takeaway I'm getting is people should check it out, but remember it's ZR, not R, and, and lower, lower the volume, volume. Yeah, before you start. <laughs> All right, that works. But don't play with headphones in, and don't. Play oh with man, I am sorry for whoever would accidentally do. Because I guarantee the because literally the ear like, damage will be more expensive than the ten dollars you paid. Because the, the game. first thing you hear is like <laughs> yeah, it's right. like loud, like someone like talking through like an intercom, like a robotic voice, yeah. and it's like really loud yeah. if you're not careful. So safety first, everyone. No, but that it does sound right. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a really cool game. Really kind of, kind of similarly, the game I was playing is much smaller scale. But it's very similar in concept in terms of, like it's a score attack. You could technically do co op, but it's actually only single player, and it, it it also fits the whole like weirdness of the episode. And that is Ding Dong XL, which is an amazing name. Uh, so I've been I've been playing it on and off. I've had it for a little while, but I started kind of getting back into it. And um, is this like it's a under, mobile game that became a Switch yes? Game? So it costs a dollar. I bought I got it on sale for thirty cents on the eShop. That's a steal. It, 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 it really was, because it's actually pretty good. What is it? It's the basically... 30th anniversary Nintendo sale? Remember when they were selling that, a that, for 30 cents? That each? was a deep cut. Yeah, that was, that was a good reference. I do remember that. It's not that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's wow. Basically, basically, it's Pong, and you play, you're playing Pong by yourself. But there's like skins that can replace oh, the ball. Oh, this game. I did not recognize it by its name. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you I played it with me. I was like, why are you so many uh, questions? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's different skins. Um, you can replace the down. you can replace the ball. That wasn't what I was thinking when uh, <laughs> yeah, when I said the ding, name dong. ding dong. XL. Yeah, well, hold on, <laughs> let me explain it. But yeah, the um, I was thinking of a very different game. No, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's ba- it's basically pong, single player pong. But it's it, like I started to say, it's kind of cool because like they're not cool, but what, it, it's it's weird. Considering Jason, but... it's weird that like the the most elaborate thing in the game is you can replace the ball with like random things like the ign logo the face of greg miller the the, what (laughs) the indie liaison at nintendo kirk scott all of them have like eight bit versions of themselves in it and they can be your fit or donut if you like donuts like it's just that's what you unlock in the game are these random things and yeah it's all really kind of fun and kind of addicting so basically to elaborate now that you guys have seen the footage and no one else has unless they look while we were talking the premise is you have a ball and you keep that ball going back and forth 
top part to bottom part of the screen, bottom part to top part, and back and over and over. A control when the ball launches, all tech takes is a tap of basically anything. They say use ZR. You can also use the face buttons. You can also use touch. And I actually found myself mostly using A or touch and not ZR, even though they recommend ZR, which is kind of funny. But um, anyway, as you do this, you just need to be mindful of not not to hit increasingly more difficult shapes that are flying in between the two sides of the screen at varying speeds. So it's all about getting the timing exactly right. And if you get the timing really right and you skirt by a shape, um, you actually get an extra point. So you get one point each time you get to either side of the screen, and then if you can skirt by, you get a bonus point. And you do get items along the way. There's power-ups that you like bash right through the shapes, or others that will clear the boards. You can just hammer the A button or whatever as many times as you can before it runs out. And honestly, that's kind of it. It's basically Frogger with no time limit, or like the aesthetic of like Jianchi Wars, or maybe like Tron or something with kind of the neon glow. But it just like they just did a good job. Like it clicks, like it, it all clicks very well. The look, the, the the pulsing music, everything. It can be kind of addicting in small chunks. Like you're only gonna play it for like five or ten minutes at did, a time, but it's fun for those five or ten minutes. Did you play this on mobile by any chance? I did not. No, okay. I just went. To, I, just but, want, I just want to. No, I'm assuming that this game probably it's mobile up. first. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know, but uh, I'm assuming that this game is loaded with ads. If I think they, I think it's a pay game on mobile too. Oh, so you, there's not I, even like a free version. I don't think then, so. And then buy. Uh, yeah, no, I don't the, think so. Um, the, otherwise, it would no totally ads. be loaded with ads. And like you know, like like I was saying, like there's not much to it. Like the most you could do is unlock those weird ball skins, for yeah. a better term. Uh, face, Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's literally like a dozen of these different things, and there, some are just palette swaps, and some are stuff like that, which is kind of funny. Um, I think that the only real downsides of it are that there's only the one game mode. You're only going back and forth, and there's no online leaderboard, which feels almost like it should have been a given. But again, I can't complain too much because it's only a buck. And kind of to Angel, your point about um, how you made Dual Hand Disaster work as a co-op game, or you could even though it's cheating, this does sort of support that. Yeah, you we have a mo- We did that. They have a mode, I think it's Switch exclusive, where you can have two balls going back and forth. And you are, I think, actually it's not the inverse of Dual Hand Disaster. I think you're supposed to play it with a friend. You each take a Joy-Con. But if you want a little more challenge or just a different mode... You can just play it as a solo player with both balls, and you're just juggling two of them. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's basically like a secondary mode. So there you go. And I get your mind out of the gutter, both of you. Um, but yeah, again, it's only a buck. At that price, it's kind of a cool little store, score, cac, score attack time waster. It's very good at what it does. It just doesn't do a whole lot, but it's solid. So, like, it's. it's I mean. <laughs> You guys need to really get your minds out of the gutter. I tried to come in more innuendos I could squeeze in here. But anyway, um, there's one right there that no one picked up on. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I would recommend it. For nothing else, make your friends giggle because you say balls a bunch. It's only a buck. Ding dong XL. Ding dong XL. <laughs> yep, so that's what I've been playing. Kevin, take us home. What have you been playing? I guarantee it's not that innuendo packed. I have been playing a little game called Zero Escape the Nonary Games. Uh, so this is a PC port of the classic DS game. PC port? Uh, yeah, I don't have a DS, a working oh, DS. I thought you were playing it like on Vita or PS2. No, no, Vita's no, collecting so. dust. Don't you remember an hour and a half ago when you said that? My Vita, my Vita said it's... it's oh, he could have kept the dust on it. Uh, <laughs> he glues the dust on. Uh, so it's a PC port of 999... Nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Yeah. I think I got the the order right there. And uh, zero escape, virtue's last reward. Let me just get into something real quick before I talk about the gameplay. 
One of my Please. biggest pet peeves is inconsistencies. So when uh, this is an access game, access software. Yes, it's access. It's access. So the first game came out on the DS. Yes. It was called Nine Nine Nine. Yes. Oh, nine doors, nine hours, nine he, persons. Angel, I think, complained about this when he first. Well, yeah, because when I got the thing, I'm like, why can I have consistency? Well, yeah, I think it's weird anyway. So that that was the that was the first game in the series. Then the second game came out on the did it come out on the DS or the 3DS? Yeah, it came out on DS. Came out on the DS and oh, no, the, sure that's a word. and the Vita. No, no, and, 3DS. Oh, was it? There's yeah. only one on the original DS. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or regardless, the the second sorry, game. Sorry, we keep No, no, the second game yeah, was okay. called Zero Escape: Virtue's Last Reward. Yep. The third game came out yep. after. Who knows how much time, and it's called Zero Time Dilemma. It's not called Zero Escape, <laughs> Zero Time Dilemma. It's just called Zero Time Dilemma. What's infuriating is that is that nonary game Zero Time Dilemma. No, I want to say it has a subtitle. Maybe not. No, I, it's it's just because it's not the nonary game in Zero Time Dilemma. Let him get to his infuriating part. We keep interrupting. So <laughs> then, so then when Virtue's Last Reward. My apologies. Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward came out, and they did the reprint for 999. Then it was called Zero Escape 999. Yes. But they didn't continue with Zero Time Dilemma by calling it Zero Escape Zero Time Dilemma. I feel you on this because it drives me crazy when you get a game. Switch is guilty of this less so, but it was true of Wii U and it was true of Wii. And the game's box, the spine of the game box... There's a standardized, like, this is how we're going to do it. Like, on Switch, look at your spines, everyone. On Switch, they're all plain text. But there's always that one game from some random publisher that's like, what if we just put our logo there? And no one, like, stops them. And this is, like, a that situation on steroids. So I bought so I feel the Mission okay. Impossible film series <laughs> <laughs> on Voodoo. Uh -oh. I, I paid, I, I don't know how much for it. For the 4K versions. Yeah. And you can select, obviously, the movie that you want to play. And they're all the same. Mission Impossible. It's it's the Mission Impossible title on yep. the side. Then the number on the bottom right. And then Tom Cruise's face. Uh, slowly fading to white. They're all white covers. For Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. Nope. Just throw that out the damn window <laughs> whoops no I wasn't laughing at that you're fine but uh I was laughing at how like passionate you're getting about this push that out of the window this movie released after they made those covers for the first five movies and then they're using it's not even the the, the theatrical release poster that they use it's just some random home video poster that they're using anyways Zero Escape 999 is a visual novel. <laughs> and that's his impression. It's a visual novel. Uh, Wait, before you get... Oh, that didn't remind me of the... Uh, this episode's never-ending. Well, I didn't have an idea, but like... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I think my favorite inconsistent I just like title thing is just always the Rambo series. Because it was just like First Blood. First Blood. Then yeah. Rambo, First Blood 2. Yep. Then, Ram then Rambo 3. And then just Rambo... And then John Rambo was the last one? No, the new one is called, I think, Final Blood. Oh, yeah. you're right. Which yeah. is actually a throwback to the first one's name. So Yeah. I thought he and he uses Old Town Road in its trailer, which is questionable at best. 
but somehow works. They did it right with the Rocky series, where it was just yeah. Rocky, Rocky Two, Rocky Three, Rocky Four, Rocky Balboa, and then Rocky Balboa was last, and then Creed, and uh, then Creed okay, Two, yeah. and Creed then and Creed, Creed Harder. But at least they did Rocky Balboa the last one instead of yeah, instead of in the middle. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like John Rambo or whatever was supposed to be the last one, and they're like, oh wait, we could keep milking this. But anyway, yeah, so uh, 999 is a, or Virtue's Last Reward is a visual novel. No, no, no. So I'm playing 999 right now because I played Virtue's Last Reward on the Vita, but I never played 999. Ah, okay. There is a twist in Virtue's Last Reward regarding one of the characters in the Nonary games uh, that's pretty much, was well, it's already spoiled for me. So the, the impact that I could have had just out the window as well. Ah. Uh, but regardless, there, there are visual novels uh, that have escape rooms like you, you people have played know what an escape room is there was yeah, a movie that just yeah there's out. a movie yeah. that just came out called escape room probably very close to nonary game because people die in yeah because people die in that uh so my first impressions of this game i like the cast way better than i do virtues last rewards cast which i don't know well maybe maybe i'll like them better when i when i do the the replay of of Virtu- virtues last reward because i do want to play zero time dilemma but uh, it seems way easier than than uh, Virtual Last Road because there were some rooms in there that would stump me. The longest that I've taken in one room here is maybe like ten minutes. I don't know. It's it, it's it's odd. And then so this uh this port has full voice acting, which I guess the DS version didn't have. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so the, yeah, so this Jim has having a voice. Or yeah, like... so yeah, so Junpei's fully voiced. Everybody's fully voiced and. Uh, in Japanese and English, I, I just kept the the English dub, and then there's a couple of other enhancements that they did with this. Uh, they have like subtle up-res? animations. Did they upres the stuff? I'm guessing. I mean, as much as as best as you can upres that, that oh. sort of like style. Yeah. Uh, I'm not like. Textures, I mean, like the portraits textures... of the character, I guess, compared to like, I guess it's still. They're still a little blocky. Oh. Oh. Uh, interesting. Yeah, but um. Then the textures of the of the actual escape rooms aren't great, but you know, uh, they're they're fun. There are some times where I'm totally zoning out of the of what they're talking about and just clicking through and clicking through. <laughs> I've only gotten one ending so far, and of course it was the bad ending. Uh, I got murdered at the end of it, and I still have five to go, which is like a third of Virtue's Last Rewards endings. Richard's Last Rewards had a lot of endings. You know, and I saw that, that, I, that I was working through. Three looked intimidating. Yeah, so. and so this one doesn't look as intimidating, but yeah, so that's what I'm playing. Hopefully, I can get into. Hopefully, by the end of the year, I'm done with this uh, with this series because I want to get into the Danganronpa games, which are also Spike Chunsoft games. Yes, they are. I don't know anything about them except that because I always associate them. <laughs> yeah, well, so you'll be able to hear that you could beat Zero Time Dilemma in like less than five minutes. I'm assuming like what, the first choice that you make will. You did that, didn't ending. you? When you played it, yeah, it's like the first, but not intentionally. Yeah, the game starts with everyone like in a prison cell, and they're like, "All right, I'm gonna flip a coin. If it goes tails, you guys are gonna go through my nonary game. If it goes heads, then you guys are free. And then you get heads the first time you play. Then you get the credits roll. I just remember you mentioning that when ending. you were talking about it. It's yeah. like, All right, cool, I beat it. Done. Mm. Best forty bucks ever spent. <laughs> I'll, I'll play eventually. You did say that that. Some of the mind blowingness of nine 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 might might go to waste because it's not dual screened. Yeah, because I remember, like after I first played it, like, I remember like really liking and just like reading some stuff about it, and like the director was saying how like when he 
he planned the game around the fact that you have two screens facing each other, top and bottom. Is that how it is on the computer? No, it's all it's always like one single screen. Because there is a part later that plays into the fact that they are faced the way they are, and it's yeah, there's a part. It's just, it's more really cool. Like oh wow, that's that's clever. Like something you could only really do with a 3ds because it's like you couldn't do it on a Vita or a PSP or something like that without spoiling anything. Because it's like very it's territory. I really don't want to say anything else. Something you can only do on the 3DS. Weird dual hand gaming. In our weird episode. See, I brought that all together. I didn't mean to cut you short. I just wanted to tie that in while I could. You could keep going. I'm done. Oh. I'm also done. These are good games. The the Zero Escape games. And I'm glad that they that they were able to close out the series. Because it, for a while there... Even if it, they couldn't close the name. For, for, <laughs> for a while there it it was looking like they were not going to be able to make the the third game in the series because uh the poor sales of virtue's last reward mm-hmm. or i guess the series uh i guess when it got ported it started selling more i'm guessing because i feel like it's one of those games that you would see like a GameStop, like 999 when it was yeah. the only one that's like it's gonna get ignored but especially because they probably came out towards the end of the life of the ds yeah it got to get that much i think it did because that's why i jumped to 3ds so quickly was at that point. I could be wrong. Oh, you wrong? We're going to end it there. <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong. We could be wrong. Everything you just heard for the last two hours and however many minutes could be wrong. This could all be a lie. You should never listen to us again. But should you choose to listen to us again, our next episode is on September 1st. Uh, that's two weeks from now. And uh, we'll have games to talk about. I, we still have to play Wolfenstein. We're going to do it this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's on me. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get that done. <laughs> yes, it is. So we'll play Wolfenstein. We'll yes, have impressions enough. of that. Um, I think Astral Chain's out by then as well. So maybe impressions of Astral Chain. I'm, yeah. I'm, I might I, I might be picking that up. I might be picking it up too, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. But to make sure you don't miss it, whatever it is, because who knows, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Round Nintendo. You can subscribe to us on every podcast app known to man, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. We're on YouTube at RandomNintendo.com. Uh, you can also follow us individually on Twitter for our gaming and not-so-gaming thoughts. I'm JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. And Kevin is K-V-N Gomez. I got it. It only took one episode. Uh, yeah, so that does it. We'll be back in two weeks' time. And um, anyone want the final word? Your moment of zen, to use a Daily Show reference? Wow, I was just staring so. at me. Oh, that's the word. So. Oh, that was it. <laughs>